Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Ahí estaba, en el centro. Hoyo de gloria. Have you scanned your MVP card? Breakfast was three eggs, scrambled light with grits and extra crispy bacon. Clip, what's up? It's Brian. I know, Clip, but people are looking for you to sprinkle your magic fairy dust on this whole thing and make it all a little better. Let's get to that conversation now. Here is uh, that. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. And welcome in to a big show today on Pirate Radio Live. Jonathan Ellerby here as your host today because unfortunately, Clip Brock, Brock, man, is under the weather. And I'm be better by talking about Clip here shortly. But uh, Clip is uh, under the weather. So is the Chan Man. If you've lived in eastern North Carolina, maybe you've uh, been popped with that uh, little bug. It got me for two days last week, so we wish them well. But uh, we have an action-packed Pirate Radio Live coming your on the radio dials, also on Facebook and YouTube. Hour one, we have the crew in here right now, Holt Nailers, Caden Norman, Drew Dodder. They're, they're alongside for the ride. Guys, thanks for coming in today. How are you guys feeling? Good, good. Pretty good, unless you guys get me sick. The, well, the sick guys aren't here. <laughs> So you had it. I don't know if anyone I, else is floating around. So. I was sick last week. I'm I'm well, but uh, Holton, you 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 had a little touch I'm of getting it. Getting through it. The voice has gone a little bit, but the boys are fighting through it uh, to be on the show today. Of course, uh, you guys have been here the last few weeks. The big announcements: the Holton Nailers show, the Holton Nailers podcast, coming to Pirate Radio in January. The walk-ons: Caden Norman, Drew Daughter, uh, Jack Powers couldn't be with us today. Yeah, he's, he's sunbathing uh, in California right okay. now. So, he, uh, he's on the West Coast. Yeah. So he's probably just grabbing lunch right now. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, thank for you. You guys will be here with us for hour one, hour two. We'll have Brian Bailey and uh, Coach Mike Mullis stop by. Hour three. Coach uh, Jason Nichols will be here, so uh, lots of great guests coming your way. The big dog, Glenn Griffin, is on the video screen today, and uh, Shirley Rhodes in her Dolphins uniform today is uh, representing her fish. It's Victory Monday. Victory Monday for Shirley, so uh, big crew, big show coming your way, and uh, of course, it's the holiday season, so we will get to the Pirate Radio treasure chest at some point during this program, we have a lot of great gifts to give away. We will be going through Thursday this week on uh, Pirate Radio Live. Then we'll hit you with a best of on Friday. That'll get you ready for a week from today, which is Christmas. Let's go. Are you guys ready for Holton? First off, are you ready for Christmas? I'm ready for Christmas. I love Christmas. Are all your gifts bought? Um, not for the parents, no. I, okay. uh, I need to get some for the parents. I got an idea what I'm going to get them, but haven't got them yet. And then uh, for the girlfriend, yeah, I've, I've ordered it. I've, uh, I'm usually pretty bad at that, but hey, they're in, they're ready to go. So just got to get so the parents. So you, you've ordered your girlfriend's gift. Yes. Are you nervous? Uh, it's, it's UPS is going to get it to you. Oh well, no, it's in. It's okay, in. you've got yeah. it. Oh yeah, I got it in. It's I, secure. Uh, it just popped across my uh, whoever's running the ads for that company. It popped across the screen. Thought it was a good idea. Ordered it and haven't thought about it since. So. uh Props to that company. Now you got your parents. Of course, you you, you got a lot of brothers too. And you, I mean, you even got uh, what a, a nephew got, or niece. I got Dude. a couple nieces now. Three nieces, yeah. So I mean, how how deep does does the gift buying go at the Ayler's house this time of year? So we do. Uh, there's so many of us now. We do my brothers and the wives and the girlfriends. We do a uh, secret Santa. So we only get one person. So we don't got to buy gifts for everyone. So uh, kind of lucked out with that one. Uh, so can you say who you gift. have? 
Not yet. We haven't done it yet. Uh, okay. We haven't done, haven't done it yet. Caden, how about you? You got all your gifts bought? No, I'm a last minute guy. So it's a week out. And I think every year I do it way to like today or tomorrow, like the, the, the inside of the week. And I start buying. But like him, my family has grown too with my sisters having babies now. And I kind of just get to like my parents' gift and then everyone else kind of like skimp out on. And you got one on the way too, Gage. I do not have anything. <laughs> here. Is this breaking news? No. <laughs> so, so Caden, you, you're about to run the two-minute offense is what you're trying to say on Christmas buy. Yeah, I always run the two-minute offense on Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, fast. How many people do you think you have to buy for? Um, Mom and dad. I already know I'm going to get my dad. So, that one's easy. Um, and then my girlfriend. And then I try to get my nephew something. They're like at the fun age of like three. Yes. So it's kind of fun to get them something. My sisters, it's kind of like we stop buying each other Christmas and birthday gifts for now. <laughs> so That's we, good. we might bounce back when we get older. It's adulting. It's so. adulting. You know, love you. I'm there. Right. We'll spend the, we'll get, spend the day with each get other. Get together, have a uh, dessert or a beverage, beverage together. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Quality time, Drew. Uh, where are you on the Christmas buying? I'm completely done. I got all my gifts. I'm Let's an only go. child, so uh, it's not too many gifts like uh, what Holton and Caden got to do. So uh, not too bad, but I got all my gifts handled. They're shipped. They're where they need to be, so I'm good. All right. Uh, getting ready for Christmas a week from today. And then, uh, so some people like to do all sorts of variety ways to get wet ready. Uh, the year of you, I was just looking. December 27th, a year ago, you guys were playing in uh, we were Birmingham. We Hold, were. I mean, it, 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 it fast. Does it does it feel does it feel like Ooh. just almost a year ago, or does it feel like longer than that? It feels like ten years ago, and it feels like yesterday all in one. So uh, it's uh, did if we could go back, we would. I mean, obviously, even ECU fans after this year, um, it was definitely a good time. One of the highlights of my career and my life. So uh, yeah, definitely remember that all. Keep with me forever, and uh, you know, hopefully, a lot of Pirate fans will. When you reflect on your year in review, um, really the Birmingham Bowl, and then of course you you, you had the All Star Games where, where you went out and played, and uh, and then of course got you know picked up to go to NFL camp. I mean, it's it's just been and then just been a blurry. And now you're doing a podcast on yeah. Pirate Radio. Yeah, it's been a, a crazy year. Um, if I could, you could have told me all that stuff was going to happen at the beginning of the year. You know, I would have been all for it. So. Um, certainly blessed, excited for the things to come, excited for the things that I have no clue what's going to happen and, uh, you know, to see where they'll go in 2024. But yeah, it should be a, it was a great year, you know, hoping for a, a big year in 2024. Drew, you reflect back on, uh, from, from the bowl game till today of uh, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Just like what Holton said, like it moves fast. Like right after the bowl game, like we go into our break and it's like you blink and we're right back in the winter workouts. So it just moves so fast, but, uh, it was a great year. Um, Obviously, we wanted this most recent year to be better, but it's nice to reflect and see all the great things that we accomplished in that year. Drew, I mean, uh, Caden, uh, your thoughts on the on the year in review? Yeah, this is my third year outside of football, right. so I'm in the the real world. So. Yeah, I know. So, for, for, what's your perspective? You kind of you've been watching ECU football from yeah. from a year. You saw them playing a bowl game, and then now it's like they went through a rough year, and and now here we are. It was tough. New. I'm hoping we bounce back. But, uh, you know, my, my thing, like everyone said, it moves fast. Like, I feel like I was playing football like yesterday, and it's been three seasons now. So, about to be the fourth season. So, what's the one thing you missed the most? Uh, just the camaraderie, you know, sitting in there, watching film with the guys, traveling, me and Holden have some crazy stories. But I don't know, I miss Signal, and Signal was great. Having, being the heads, having the headset on, you know, being in there. I think game days, Signal calling was the, the whole, what I live for. So, what, what's the key to being a good signal caller? 
remembering the signals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that helps. So, who, who uh, were there ever times that uh, you were supposed to signal in something you didn't know what to signal in? Yeah, uh, I would say sometimes like it, it's going fast, and you get like three three times for the headsets, and there was like one or two times you signal in the wrong play or the wrong signal, and you realize it after they start running it, or maybe like you signal it and everyone's looking away and they run the play. And then you just hear the coach upstairs just like say a couple of choice words to you. <laughs> so, oh, shout out to Donnie. What's it like uh, receiving the signals from Caden Norman there? Oh, it was awesome. He was electric. We would, uh, it kind of started, I guess, from playing, literally from playing Fortnite together. Um, and there's dances in Fortnite, obviously. And uh, when I became the starter, we like kind of mentioned to Caden. Or me and Kate would like kind of mention them. We would need signals, and we would come up with them. I was like, "Well, just let Kate do them instead of the coaches do them." And he kind of got into it, earned his way, and uh, kind of stuck, you know. And he was he was pretty famous around uh, around these parts for doing it. So yeah. I mean, how long is a signal, I and mean, how much how much fake is in the signal, and how much is real in the signal? I mean, how much are you given over? I mean, is it like a 10 second, 15 second deal, or what what is it? Uh, it, it depends on the play. It depends if you're moving two minute offense. Sometimes it could be super quick. Sometimes it could be super methodical and it just depends on the coaching staff how they want to call it if it's a quick game then it's super quick and if it's a long play some people have certain parts of the play some people have the fake signal some people have the whole play some people don't just you mix it up you don't want the other teams to pick up on you did you have the look at Holton when you know he had your play or didn't have your play when you sent it in was it was, was there a time where you're like ooh you he, were, either got I it was, or didn't get it he was live most of the time I, I could we him. would kind of catch on to each other I mean yeah. we kind of had the same mind for football and had the same pace for it and we would go through it enough because like I would like we would either both see a, a video or something or of someone dancing and we would send it to each other so we were the main ones coming up with the signal so if you come up with it you better know it yourself because if you don't then no one else is going to remember it so if we never uh, us together never really had issues with it um if another we had another live signal because obviously you have a couple then they might but anytime he was it we didn't really have problems with it yeah I think the best, the fun memories for us is you always have a test the night before the game. Yeah. And we'd always go over the signals and, you know, we'd go over the plays, go over the game plan. So those are good memories yeah, as well. Good looking time. back three years on review. Three, <laughs> three years. <laughs> Three, yeah, looking back a year on review. Three yeah, year, three years on review. It's three years on review. <laughs> three years on review. So the, the what was the what was the night before? How long would y'all do the test? You would go through pretty much every play that you could possibly run that day. So you can go from an hour to two hours to thirty minutes, just kind of how you felt about the game plan. Um, sometimes those meetings went really, really long, a little too long sometimes. But I mean, at the end, like he said, there are good memories. Now looking back at it, but you know, when you're 20, 21 years old, you're just like, dude, I'm ready to go to bed. It's 10 o'clock at night. We play at 12 tomorrow. But uh, yeah, there were good times. I mean, we were we obviously got ready to go, and people get ready to go in different situations. I mean, I like to go through the whole call sheet and figure it out. Some, you know, some quarterbacks don't need that. I enjoyed doing that just to picture each play in my head. So I've seen different quarterbacks do different things, but, you know, that's kind of what worked for me. Hold Nailers uh, in studio with us. Also, the walk-ons, Caden Norman and Drew Dotter. They're going to be a part of the Holton Aylers show here on Pirate Radio, debuting in January. Uh, Holton, I know you've been working hard behind the scenes. You've gotten some great sponsors already for the Holton Aylers uh, show. I know uh, if people want to be a part of that, they can uh, reach out to you and uh, be a part of uh, the launch coming in January. And I know we're going to do another test show uh, this week. And tonight. Then, yeah, t- right tonight. after this. We're going right here after this and, and getting it going. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to call in, hopefully call in Jack. He's uh, he, he's on California time, so we're still trying to get in touch with him. But, yeah, Drew came back from Havelock uh, before Caden goes 
goes home for Christmas. We're going to get in another practice episode, but the boys are ready to roll. Uh, the, we're just kind of finishing up the production side of it, letting Drew get used to that. Um, but yeah, we're excited. It's ready to roll. Drew, what's the most things you're excited about uh, the, the the podcast coming up in January? Uh, I think it's a great op- um, a great op- opportunity. Uh, you know, I've never been a part of a podcast. Uh, I have a little bit experience with computers, and uh, I'm glad I got this chance to help produce it, uh, run the cameras, do all things like that. So I think it's going to be fun. Caden, what about you? Uh, number one thing you're looking forward to when uh, you launch the show officially? I, I, I think just doing something different in your life, having something new to look forward to. So it's doing it with my best friends. So looking forward to that. Is there uh, is there one story that you have at the top of the list that you want to get out on the uh, Holt Naylor show first? You know, we were, we were he picked me up. We like, you know came together here on this, and uh, we were just like, there's so many stories that could just like spring up. Like we did a practice the other day, and I was like, oh my goodness, we could have dove into that story a thousand times. So I'm ready. I'm ready to get like into it because these practice ones are fun and it's good to like make sure our production's good. But it's like. Dude, let's go. Let's get this going. Yeah, y'all are ready. Uh, enough of practice. Y'all, yeah. y- y- y'all are ready for the real deal. Well, yeah. it'll be here before you know it. And uh, we're excited about our partnership with you guys and starting in January. And hopefully, you know, Jack, Jack will be back here boots yeah, on the ground. He's just he's just California dreaming right now. So, yeah, he's uh, uh, he's back home for Christmas. So we gave him a little time off. But yeah, he'll be back. We're uh, it'll be good. You know, we like you said. I mean, the contents. We're ready to roll on the content side and talking about it and the stories and the setup of it. And you know, now it's just making sure that everything the production side of it's super professional because like i said we're not doing it here we got our own little studio that we've kind of set up and you know we wanted it to be a little bit different and um you know it's going to be that but you know we wanted to be as professional as possible so we've spent this last month kind of you know toning in on those things and making sure everything's ready to roll we'll take a quick time out when we come back a lot has changed over at east carolina they got a new quarterback i'll get uh, a couple quarterbacks opinions another east carolina pirate drew daughter's opinion on uh, the quarterback that's coming to east carolina from michigan state we'll talk uh, ECU football and more with Holton Nailers and the walk-ons. We'll be back. More Pirate Radio Live right after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, Pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go is down on Main Street. Down on Main Street's famous weekday lunch specials are only $7.99. Stop by for the house salad with grilled chicken, the half club sandwich with chips, or everyone's favorite, the fried shrimp plate. After work, down on Main Street is the perfect spot for dinner and drinks on the patio. And you can join down on Main every Wednesday for half price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Down on Main Street on Main Street in historic downtown Washington. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Jonathan. All right. Thank you, Shirley. Doing a good job on the other side of the glass. Glenn Griffin on the video side. And uh, no clip Brock today or Chandler. They are both under the weather. We are wishing them well. Hopefully they'll be back 
and join us on Pirate Radio Live on Tuesday. But uh, Jonathan Ellerby here with Holton Naylor's Drew Dotter and Caden Norman hanging out in the Pirate Radio studios. Coming up, uh, programming alert, we'll be here through Thursday of this week. We will have a treasure chest winner coming up during the program sometime today. So stick with us for your chance to be a winner. Also, uh, big guest alert Wednesday at 3 o'clock, the athletic director, John Gilbert, will be here in studio. We'll uh, talk to John Gilbert about uh, the year in review with him uh, for East Carolina Athletics and the year ahead for 2024. So make that a programming note to mark your calendars to join us Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Welcome back in East Carolina with some news over the weekend. Official early signing day will be on Wednesday where uh, they've just announced that Mike Houston will have a press conference on Wednesday at 1 o'clock. We'll have full team coverage on our social media. But uh, guys, uh, obviously uh, the the signing, social media, everything, uh, the Pirates have picked up a a new quarterback, uh, Holton, Caton Hauser. What can you tell me about the young man from Michigan State that is transferring to East Carolina? You know, I like it. You know, I think that was the big thing of the offseason is go get a, a young OC, bring some energy in a, you know, high tempo offense. The next thing was to get a quarterback. And it looks like we got one, had a chance to meet him um, over the weekend. Seemed like a good kid. You know, he's young, still got three years left. Uh, you know, obviously started in the Big Ten, you know, as a young kid. So got a lot of experience, or not a lot of experience, but has some big time game experience. So, you know, hopefully he can come in here and win some games. You know, that's what that's what all of us want as ECU fans now, ECU's, ECU alumni. So um, I'm excited about him. What, uh, what kind of advice did he did he ask Colt Naylor's for yeah. this past weekend? Yeah, we just kind of talked about you know the culture and, and you know what this town is and what you know the culture of ECU football is and should be, um, and you know my vision of the place and when I played here and you know now as an alumni and former player and you know what his vision was and they aligned a lot. So you know he wants to come in here and compete. You know he's he's not afraid to compete. You know from what the time that I talked to him and uh, like I said excited for him to come in here and, and kind of earn a spot and you know hopefully win a lot of games I mean you're you're grew up in Greenville played at East Carolina I mean this guy's you know from California I believe yeah, Cali- went to Michigan State I mean what what did he really understand about East Carolina what did he know and what does he what does he need to know you know he he knew more than I thought he would uh, you know we talked even former games and you know he he was up to date on some of that we talked about the NC State game he, he had watched that one and uh, yeah I mean he he seemed like he was into it and you know obviously you know a few hours later I think like eight or eight or nine hours later he committed so um, I'm excited about it I mean he's a young kid got multiple years with eligibility left which is huge in a quarterback transfer you know he had a lot of other options but you know wanted to come somewhere where he could kind of you know a good good situation for me I told me we went two and ten last year but you know if you have a you know an average offense you win at least six games you're in a bowl game and you know he came from a kind of a negative situation there in Michigan State with you know their head coach and everything that went on there so uh, just looking for a brush of fresh air and you know that's what ECU was for him now did you meet him in person or was it over the yeah phone? no okay. I met him in person. so how was the eyeball test on him he's a big kid yeah he's a big kid he's he's probably an inch or two shorter than I am. Uh, I was wearing cowboy boots at the time, so that might, he's probably about an inch shorter than I am, but you know, he's a big kid. You know, he's a, you know, he's a very nice kid and has a good family, so um, he'll fit in well here. Caden Norman, what do you think of uh, the Pirate new quarterback? Yeah, I'm excited. I was I did some research, saw he played in some big games this year. I actually watched one of those games pretty uh, close with Rutgers versus Michigan State. I was uh, tailing Rutgers pretty hard that game, and they came back on him. But, you know, he played some big-time games against Ohio State, Michigan. He played a little bit against Washington, Penn State. So he has the experience in big-time games. Like, obviously, he doesn't have a lot of experience, but he has experience. He's played against some of the best teams in the country. So looks like a good-sized kid as well. So I'm excited for him to come in. I hope he competes hard, and I'm excited to have a good offense next year. Yeah, advice you would give to him. 
just come in, embrace the culture, embrace the program, and you know, you focus, everything's gonna come to you, and they'll, they'll, they'll accept you, and they'll love you if you come in here and just you know, love East Carolina as well. Drew, what, what are your thoughts on uh, Kate and Hauser from Michigan State? Uh, yeah, obviously, I never really met the guy, but uh, he does seem like a big guy. Uh, he's played in really big games. Uh, he's competed hard. Um, I think Pirate Nation did a good job by picking him up and bringing him in to be the quarterback. Where, where is East Carolina now at the quarterback situation? I guess yeah, the, if you look at the quarterback room, uh, what do you see when you look in there, Holton, and do, do they still need any anybody else to come into that room? Yeah, I mean, I think the the next big thing is, is, is Alex Flynn going to play next year or not? Now, I know he's still deciding about that from when I've talked to him, so um, that's a big thing because if he doesn't play next year, you really don't got much experience besides the Michigan State transfer so um, might want to bring in another guy you know it's obviously up to coach Houston and, and John was it John Baker is that his name yeah John David it? Baker John David Baker yeah um, so it's kind of up to them you know first of all you just got to see if Flynn's going to play but I mean I wouldn't mind bringing in another guy just for depth and to compete I mean obviously competition's how you how you get better so um, we'll see you know it's up to them if they want to bring in another guy but hey you at least got some experience in there now with two guys if Flynn stays and uh, you just need you just need one of them to play good East Carolina has a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback. Uh, if you're going down your checklist, what what, what is next on the uh, checklist of, of of things East Carolina offense is going to need to get more than two wins in 2024 and get back to a bowl game? You or me, kid? You can take I'll it. go. Uh, I mean, I think you got to go get help up front. I mean, from what I've seen, you can never, even if you have depth returning, you mean you can never be too good up front. And then obviously receivers, you got to go get some playmakers. Um, I mean, this year it's not like we didn't have any, but I mean, the offense just didn't produce one way or the other. So um, I would just continue to stack up front, get as many you know guys with experience as you can, which is, look, it's hard to get guys. Just like a quarterback, it's hard to get with experience. So that's why it was big to get him. But, I mean, you go get offensive linemen. Charlotte's getting a ton of transfer report offensive linemen right now. So, we definitely can do it. Um, and then if you just go get some playmakers on the outside to, to help out the young quarterback. Yeah, circling back to the quarterback thing, I'm super excited for him. I, I hope he comes in and just, you know, does phenomenal. But, you know, after last year, you know, a lot of question marks still in the quarterback room. Like you said, I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket. You know, I'd bring it, find a guy maybe – who has one year eligibility left, you know, he's not going to come in and, and like, oh, I want to like leave the next year. He has one year, he gets it done this year. So he comes in, competes. It makes, you know, the young quarterback compete as well. You, you know, competition breeds the best. So come in here, maybe bring one more guy for experience as well. You have a little quarterback battle. You know, I think that only breeds the best. Do you do you want Kaden Hauser to be named the starting quarterback at what point? I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're I mean, if you're him, I mean, at what point? Do, I mean, like last year, the starting quarterback was never really named. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, what's going to be different in twenty twenty four? That and do you want that? Do you want like, you know, in spring ball, like you have? Hey, here's our he's our one. Here's our two. Here's our three. Or do you is it, you, you have the competition? And then at the end of it, you want to name it, or do you want it to wait till August when they come back for fall camp? How do you, how do you want? How would you run this quarterback? Uh, you know, who's your starting quarterback going into 2024? I mean, I'm a big fan of naming him after camp. If he's not a return, if he's a returning starter, then he's your starter going into it. But if it's a new, if you're going to have a new kid, which is what we're going to have, unless Flynn obviously wins the job over the course of the spring and the fall. But I mean, if you're going to have a new quarterback, a new face there, then you give him through camp to do it. And then you name it after camp. I think that's the best way to do it. Let him compete. Cause look, he might be the best 
he might have the most NIL deals. He might be the big prize transfer recruit, but we might bring in another kid or Flynn might. I mean, you got to let him compete too. You don't know how good this kid is till he gets on campus. And um, I would just let him compete through the through fall camp. Um, and then obviously fall camp is so it's really, really tough in college. And it's going to bring out the best and the worst of you so you can see what you got and then kind of decide from there. But look, I don't want to go into the year and go from back and forth every drive. I mean, you got to have a guy if you're going to win games, especially in college football. Um, so, I mean, obviously you want to have one guy, but I would give him through fall camp to do that. So you you would let the, the year play out through spring ball, through fall camp before you say, hey, here's, here's QB1. I mean, I would. I think, you know, kids can have – I've seen tons of kids have good spring balls and – do nothing in the fall. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's just how college football is. There's there's not a lot of pressure in the in the spring. Um so you could go out there play free and then, you know, fall camp the pressure of the season coming, you know, are you going to be the starter or are you not? There's a lot of things that can creep into your mind, but um obviously, you know, the the good kids don't let that stuff creep in. They still play loose, but I mean, you know, you you won't know that especially with a new kid until, you know, pretty much fall camp comes around. Caden, your thoughts on naming a quarterback? Yeah, I agree with Olin. I think you got to give them, a, you know, spring. There's no, there's not much pressure. There's people, you know, in rotation. There's people that might transfer out later, looking, you know, hey, is this my home for the spring, or am I going to be somewhere else in the fall still? So I, I agree. You know, let them have a full year. You know, come in in January, work out with the guys, get to know the guys, get to know them through the spring, earn their trust. You know, you come in, you work hard. The guys start rallying behind you, and then. You know, you come in, you win the job. You know, everyone's rallied and they're ready in the fall. Like, this is our guy. We're gonna back him. So I think you got to earn. You know, the, the locker room first, obviously with your talent. But when your talent shows, you're in the locker room. I think you give it till you know at least till first week of camp if he's really, you know, really the guy. Drew, how can uh, Kaden Hauser come in and uh, establish himself as a leader right away? Um, I think through winter workouts, I think a lot of leaders are determined there. Like, how is he attacking these workouts? How is he attacking the runs? Is he being vocal? Um, Is he leading from the front or is he sitting in the back? Uh, I think that determines a lot. Then throughout spring ball, how is he taking care of the offense? Uh, Things like that. So um, that's really how you determine a leader is in in the locker room, workouts, things like that. Do you think Alex Flynn will play next year? Um, it's a competition at the end of the day. Uh, you know, coming off a two and ten season, I don't think no one spot is ever guaranteed. Uh, so you got to come in and you got to take it, or you got to earn it. What? Do you, any advice for how, how can a transfer guy come in right away and uh, build relationships with with players that have been here a couple years? And and how can how can his how can he become a, a good leader in this pirate program? Holden. I mean, I think just dive into the culture, not just of the team, but the town. Um, dive into ECU athletics. You know, go to let be seen out in public. I mean, that's a big deal. You mean, look, this team needs a quarterback. You know, the players on the team know they need a quarterback. Um, you know, these fans know they need a quarterback. So he's going to be welcome in with open arms. But you know, just dive into it. You know, if you're, you know, if you're not doing anything on a Friday night, you know, invite some of the linemen over, hang out with them, or you know, go get dinner with them. But there's a ton of things that you can do. But I would just say dive into it full, you know, full speed, head first, and you know, it's gonna that's, that's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Everybody seems very positive, upbeat now. New OC, new quarterback. Of course, none of them have played an official game yet. How how do you manage those expectations of of between now and uh, I think it's August 31st before the first game against Norfolk State? And uh, you know, not only get yourself ready for the season, but also managing the expectations of, hey, look, here's what 
the expectations are for for Pirate football. Yeah, I mean, I think as a as a player and a coach, you never get too high, never get too low. Obviously, I mean, you're gonna have expectations going into every year, but you know, your expectation should be higher than any fan, any outside noise. Um, and and that's what it is, is outside noise. At the end of the day, I mean, you're gonna appreciate all the love that you get, but you're also gonna get a lot of hate. And I said that when I played a lot too. Um, I mean, you just got to focus on yourself. Keep your head down. You know, worry about the team. That's the only thing that matters is the team, obviously. I mean, obviously your school and stuff matters, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're not getting dogged if you're fa- if you're making a C in class. You're getting dogged if you lose football games. So, uh, I mean, you just got to go out there and play. You got to keep your head down, um, work, and not worry about the outside noise, win or lose. I mean, I'm sure you know, the guys, especially, I mean, Drew played this year, but I'm sure the guys learned that. I mean, me and Caden, you know, had a couple three and nine seasons. This year was two and ten for the Pirates. But, I mean, if you, you go through a losing season, you're going to you're gonna learn real quick to, you know, keep your head down, not learn, not, not listen um, to anyone else but, you know, inside that building. Caden, advice, uh, managing expectations for Caden Hauser of like, hey, look, does he, does he, is he coming in thinking he's the guy? I mean, I'm sure he is. He's thinking he's, he's the one. How does he uh, manage that expectation and, and stay the one? Yeah, I think you always got to think you're the guy. Like, I, I thought I was the guy, but obviously I wasn't the guy. You just got to have that, that mentality. Like, I'm the guy. And when I get my shot, I'm going to show everyone I'm the guy if I'm not named the guy yet. Um, but one thing, you know, what I, you know, looking back when you mentioned like, what's a good advice to like get the locker room to build around you. I think back when you first came in your first uh, winter, when I think of some of the best defensive players when they came in that became real leaders at ECU, you know, what did they do when they first got, came here? They came, they got the young guys or the guys that came in with them and they built that relationship first. And then they got the guys who, you know, were starters or big time roles. And they were like, Hey, do you want to go work out? You know, we have this time block open. You want to go work out during lunch tomorrow. Do you want yep. to go work out after workouts? And then when you you ask people to come work out, they earn that respect. Like this guy's legit. He wants to get. He wants to win. He wants to get better. So I think you know, just establishing, like you said, outside of football. Like, hey, I want to hang out with these guys, build relationships just outside of football. And then football wise, like I want to get better as much as I can, and I want to show you guys. Let's go work out together. <laughs> And uh, let's get after it. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you think the one or two guys or three guys in Drew, maybe you were just on the team, in, in that locker room right now that uh, Kaiten Hauser should probably rally around and be the, like, hey, come with me. Let's work out. Let's, uh, who, let's, let's start building this thing together. Um, offensively, I think the first relationship he should be building with is Chase Sowell. Because, uh, I mean, that was the number one receiver at the end of this year. And, I would say there's no reason why he wouldn't be the number one the next year. So I think that's the first relationship he should be building with. Holton, any anybody that he he, he should go put his arm around and uh, when he when he gets here officially on campus in January and start I mean, hanging out with a lot. Yeah, I mean Drew, obviously you got to get a number one receiver. I mean they're they're looking for one in the portal. Obviously Chase is going to be the guy next year and for the next few years. I mean he's got a lot of potential as a young kid. Um, so definitely him, the receivers. Just offense in general, man. You got to get close with those offensive linemen because uh, they didn't have the best year. But if they don't like you, they ain't, ain't going to protect you even more. So uh, I would get close with them. You know, the guys that are bringing in, the guys that are returning. Because look, I mean, a lot of those guys that, that played last year, um, I mean, they didn't. Th- those were the same guys that were blocking for me in the bowl game that you know had a, had good years. So a couple of them switched positions, had to get used to it. Didn't have the best year, but there's a lot of potential there. At, you know, at offensive line and receiver. So. Um, I would just rally around the offense. Look, the defense is going to have, you know, Big Tay coming back. That's a huge thing. Siobhan coming back. That's a huge thing. They're going to have leaders over there that kind of, you know, accept him with open arms. But, you know, someone's got to lead the offense. And I think that's what they missed this year. Jonathan Ellerby here hosting Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock and Chandler Honeycutt out today under the weather. Hopefully.
hopefully they'll be feeling better. Got the big dog and Shirley Rhodes behind the glass doing a good job hanging out with Holton Nailers and uh, the walk-ons, Drew Dotter and Caden Norman. Jack Power's not with us today, but uh, the Holton Nailers show going to be coming your way in January right here on Pirate Radio. Excited about that partnership. Uh, you mentioned earlier, I wanted to ask you guys about this before we get our next break in, that uh, you said Charlotte seems to be doing well in the transfer portal. And it's there's so much, the transfer portal right now and like winning the war on Twitter and marketing and everything. It's, how do you guys judge and see of like, like, because like, everything seems to be like, you know, rainbows and unicorns yeah. on, on like, oh, you got the best offensive lineman. Oh, this kicker is going to be the greatest thing ever. No matter, you know, it's like one man's trash is another man's treasure there, you know, or someone's going to better places. How do you guys as most recent players evaluate when people are moving in the transfer portal and are there some they're like, who? Like, I don't get it. I get it. I mean, what's your your rating on the transfer portal? I mean, I think there's a little bit of both. There's some guys that, you know, seem to be doing it for attention that, you know, look, you're not going to – I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, some guys think the grass is greener on the other side, and it's, it's not always going to be. You know, you got to – to be in a – to walk, a lot of guys think they can walk into a situation and start right away, and that's hard to do in college football. You know, the grass isn't always going to be greener. If you got to start and roll, I mean, I would stay in it. And, you know, look, I had chances to – transfer out and I was promised a lot of things from schools going into my senior year but you know I like to just stay for my senior year and play out here because look I had a good situation here I had a you know a town that you know kind of supported me with we were up and coming with the team we had a team that you know I was close with the guys obviously and I um, mean at the end of the day you know the grass isn't always going to be greener but you know as a <coughs> fan what you're looking for I mean I would just look at the tape you know if a guy has game tape and can produce and you know has playing experience that's the first two things I would look at is playing experience and then how does it look on tape um, whether it's practice clips or game clips but um, look you're gonna you're gonna miss sometimes on the portal that's that's part of it and, you know that's why I'm not the biggest fan of going to get Juco guys because you never know what you're gonna get out of them and uh, a lot of times it seems like a miss more than a hit but you I mean you might get a hit every now and then but I mean I'm, I'm there for you know getting power five guys coming down uh, technically to a G5 level and playing at ECU because, I mean, I think, you know, we've had a lot of success doing that over the past year. So um, that's the way that I would go. What would, I mean, it, what would be your your mythology of, of getting, you said, would you rather get players that have played at like Michigan State or at, in the Big Ten, the ACC or SEC, or would you rather, you got, you got your junior college players and then, of course, you also got like Isaiah Winston, yeah. who was a huge success, who came from uh, Toledo to East Carolina. So wh- do you think there's a, a perfect of where they have to come from, or what's the key ingredient? I don't think so. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you just turn on the tape and see. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we knew Zay coming in. We knew if we got him, and I remember um, where I was when he committed because I knew it was a huge deal for us, and I recruited the heck out of him. I was talking to him every single day and letting him know. I was like, look, dude, you can come here and be a number one receiver, and that's what he was, and now he's in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's going to be different, you know, players from different, you know, technically spots that land that you know are successful some that aren't but i mean you just got to turn on the tape and see and you know my thing is you know if they're if they're playing against good competition and they're playing good then you go and get them but uh you know if you want to take a, a chance on a kid and they're not playing the great greatest competition but they still got good tape then you know, that's a little bit more risky but you know at the end of the day if you hit you hit Caden, if you were mike houston how much of your team percentage wise would you want from the portal and how much would you want from uh high school that you you brought in <laughs> what a big question i don't know i think that's like how you, each coach sees it you see texas state you see colorado this past year they had big numbers out of the portal they went and got a lot of guys with experience d- different experiences but it's just like hey do i today's different like than a couple years ago so it's like how much do i want 
develop? How much do I want to go to the portal? I, I really don't know. I, I don't know how to give that advice. But I like going after guys that were good at you know other G5 schools, like in the MAC, like you mentioned, Isaiah Wynn said. I also like the idea of going and get guys that were you know starters in the Power Five. Maybe they got hurt. Maybe they just got beat out or something happened. I like going after those guys as well. I I have a you know I think we can compete with anyone here at ECU. When I see other like G5 schools like a Charlotte having a big successful you know transfer class or you know, like a JMU going after a big time recruit, I'm like. These guys should come here. This place is awesome. So I always think, you know, we should get the best no matter what. True. Portal faults? Uh, I think every year is different because, uh, like, these coaches, like, they've seen every player on our roster play probably a 1,000 plays. So I think when you lay out each name, you see, all right, who can help us next year and who can't. And if there's a bunch of people in one position room that can't help us, then I think that's where you go to the portal and try to get players that can fill those voids. But I don't think it's really a specific percentage of like portal or high school and things like that. I think it's just depending on the year and your team needs. When yeah. do you start hearing like your teammates thinking they start talking about entering the portal? At what point in the season does the that does it, the whole year? Is it not? Is the portal just there's a portal window, but is the portal talk? Like, it's just 24-7, oh, yeah. 365. It's, yeah, I mean, it, it's always up. I mean, for, I mean I've been gone a year through. It might have hyped up some more or slowed down. But when I was there, I mean, I feel like it was at all time of the year. I mean, you're going to hear guys. There's always going to be guys. Look, you got 120 guys on a roster. There's going to be guys that are unhappy. So those guys that are unhappy are going to think the grass is always greener and figure out that it's not or figure out that it is. And, you know, they can pull a gardener and, you know, end up starting for the Colts right now and figuring out that it did look better for them. So um, there's – Year-round is the answer. To that, I think I the talk's always like that. So let's say you have a bad week. Uh, you know, I want to I want to try something new. Yep. It's kind of like real real life. Like, I have a bad week at work. Maybe there's a better job out there for me. But there's not because it's just life. You know, you have their ebbs and flows. And some weeks it's great. Some weeks it's not. And sometimes you just say stuff you don't mean. So sometimes there's a lot of guys that say, let's, you know, it's year-round. But there's a lot of times a lot of it's fluff. You know, I guess it's coming more and more now, but you never know. Lots of good stuff with Holton Naylor's and the walk-ons. We're going to take another timeout. When we come back, we're going to turn the show over to Holton. He's going to host the next segment. And uh, what, the topic is yours, whatever you want to talk about. It's, it's, right. it's going to be all – Holton Naylor's is going to be ca- calling the plays unless you want Caden to signal in some plays. you got Drew over here. He'll help you out too. I've heard you played some offense too, or he wanted you to play offense with him. So uh, Back in the day. Back yeah, in the day. yeah, so uh, Holton and the walk-ons take over the show for the next segment. And then coming up in uh, Hour 2, we'll talk to Brian Bailey, Mike Mullis. Hour 3, Jason Nichols will be here. And uh, a lot more to get to. Pirate Radio Live rolls on. On right after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's your host, LRB or Holton. Which one? Holton Holton Nailers. There you go. (laughs) 
Welcome back in Pirate Radio Live. I am your host, Holt Nailers, for this segment. Got the boys, the walk-ons, two-thirds of the walk-ons, Caden and Drew here with me, boys. We're going to get in to the college football playoff, the snubs with uh, with Florida State slash Georgia, and then some of the matchups, too. Let's start it off, boys. How do you feel about Florida State? Uh, Caden, we'll go with you first. Florida State staying out of the playoff, going 13-0, and not losing the game. Yeah, I feel like everyone's talked about this a thousand times, but I, I agree. I think they got snubbed. I, I think we talked about this in the car the other day. I think games always matter more than best teams. That best team argument always, like if you talk about Bama, uh, you know, they struggled in South Florida this year. They struggled against Auburn. I think Auburn's quarterback was 5 for 17 with two picks, and Alabama won off a lucky throw. So it's like they struggled in South Florida again, like I mentioned. So it's always, I think the games always matter. But I think, like, you look back, Mike Leach always said the 14 playoff would fall. Um, so I'm looking forward you know, eyes forward to next year with the 12 team playoff, and I'm excited for a G5 school to get in there. Hopefully, it'll be us, East Carolina. Heck yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Get a G5 in there and make some noise. We'll give us an opportunity. I mean, obviously, you know, the conferences are changing. It's going to end up, you know, did you see the Chip Kelly um, audio of him talking about, you know, a potential future for college football? I found that really interesting. Um, I think they'll get into that later with LRB and some of the other guests. But yeah, man, I mean, I think. Florida State, you go 13-0 and in the ACC. You know, it sucks because Clemson didn't have the best year. They beat them. They beat LSU, had a decent year, first game of the year. Um, Florida State they beat took Florida them down. Swamp, too. They did, but Florida didn't have that good of a year either. So, I mean, I think that's where you're kind of struggle with that is, you know, the teams that they played, they didn't have the best year. I mean, you have a top, you know, as in, you know, Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, first loss for Georgia in three years. So, I mean, I see both sides of it. I mean, it sucks for Florida State. They're a powerhouse program. You go 13-0, and I mean, it, it should be a lock into it. But, look, you you lose your quarterback. Um, I mean, it's a different scenario. I mean, Drew, how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, um, obviously the committee's job is to get the four best teams in the playoffs. And I He's think the best team guy. <laughs> that's their job. Like I'm saying, like that's their job. That's the description. And uh, when you look at Florida State in their last three games without their quarterback, is that the same team that we saw in, in the first ten? And I think when you look at the film, you look at the scores and all that, I, I don't think it's the same team. And I think they did do the right thing by keeping them out. But the argument is unfair. The argument is Ohio State won with their third-string quarterback first year of the playoffs. So what, what is your uh, counter-argument to that? Oh, that that's a great point, too. But uh, do you think Florida State could go in and beat Bama? No. In, in I mean, could I don't believe Texas? that. Could yeah. they beat Washington could, without – yeah, I mean, the thing is, is, people said they didn't look good in the ACC championship, but they were playing with a third-string quarterback who was a true freshman, never played before. Their second string's a four-star, played decent during this season. So, I mean, there's there's arguments for both. Do I think that Florida State deserved to be in? I think they deserve to, but I don't think they're one of the best four teams. I think Alabama will go in and has a chance to win it, whereas if Florida State was in it, I don't think they had a chance to win it. So, I mean, I think they got it right. It sucks for Florida State, obviously. Caden, you mentioned it. I mean, 12-team playoff, that's, that's going to take care of all of this. Um, argument it'll get a G5 in there too which will be cool um, so yeah I mean let's get to matchups though uh, January 1st 5 o'clock we got the Rose Bowl Alabama versus Michigan Michigan obviously number one team in the nation Alabama number four coming off a huge win versus Georgia um, Georgia kind of gets snubbed a little bit first loss in three years obviously moves to five and, and doesn't get in but I, Alabama knocks them off in the SEC championship win when it matters and that's what Alabama did and they got in Caden who you got in that game uh, I don't bet against Nick Saban usually, so I think Alabama goes in there. They show them SEC football, why SEC usually beats the Big Ten, especially in 
full games and then after the new year. So I think they go in there, they show their dominance like they normally do. I think Georgia would have done the exact same thing. Um, so I'm taking Bama easily, but I don't take Bama in the championship. All right. Well, here you got in the championship. Drew, who you got? Uh, Michigan, Alabama. I'm going with Michigan. Uh, they've been pretty dominant the whole year. Granted, their competition probably has been kind of lackluster compared to Bama's, but I wasn't really impressed with the SEC this year, and uh, Bama struggled with some bad teams too. But uh, Michigan, I think it's fair to say that they're the best or one of the best O-lines in, the, in college football. So uh, Bama's in for a tough task, and I think Mi- Michigan will be able to run the ball, which is rare. On Bama. Yeah, I mean, I think the ability to run at quarterback for Alabama is going to have a huge key to the game. I think, you know, in the playoffs, you got to have a little magic happen because obviously the talent gap's not going to be that much different, uh, especially with these four teams. I mean, they're all super talented. Um, so I think it's going to come down to obviously Milro uh, being able to run at quarterback for Alabama. I think Alabama takes him down. That's, I don't know if that's my mind or my heart talking. You know, I want to see them. He, look, he, he got benched. You talked about the South Florida game. I mean, Alabama's quarterback gets benched for the South Florida game, doesn't play. They almost lose. Uh, you know, squeak that one out. And then he comes out and balls out the rest of the year and is, is coming, just announced he's coming back for his senior year. And, you know, there was talk for him being, even being up for the Heisman at a certain point. So, you know, I hope he goes out there and plays good. But, I got back, uh, Bama in that game. Excuse me, uh, and it's then fun to watch. It will be. It'll be a good game. I think it's. It'll come down to obviously him being able to run the ball. But look, it's, they're going to be two big offensive and defensive lines. I mean, probably the, the two biggest in the country. So it's going to be a lot like an NFL game. Those offenses are a lot of pro style offense. So it should be fun to watch. Um, I think Bama has the advantage at quarterback. I know that's a hot take, but I think he's the better quarterback in the game, and we'll show it. So um, we'll see. Any more takes on that, boys? I don't know if he's the best quarterback in that game. I think he is. I think J.J. McCarthy is has sat beside, sat behind the best offensive line in the country for the last three years and is going to get a cakewalk to be a draft pick and then uh, show that he's he's not worth it when he when he gets to NFL. Well, he's still sitting behind the best O-line when they play Bama. So. Yeah, but he's also going to go against one of the best Back D-line sense. and best secondary. So. That is very true. Yeah. Uh, next game, so kind of mixed takes on that. Sugar Bowl, All-State Sugar Bowl, Monday, January 1st, 8.45, following the 5 o'clock game. We got Texas, number three, versus number two, Washington. Um, I'll give my take on it first. I'm going to take Texas. I think they're hitting on all cylinders at the right time. Obviously, bad loss to um, to Oklahoma earlier in the year. But look, that's a rivalry game. Anyone can win that. Oklahoma at the time was rolling. Dylan Gabriel was, I think, first in the Heisman polls going into that game, obviously leaving that game. And since then, they've kind of you know steamrolled people. Um, their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Quinn Ewers is rolling. I mean, he looks as good as anyone. They remind me a lot of the 2019 LSU team. Uh, a lot of good receivers, great offensive scheme, and a quarterback that's just dishing it out to them. Uh, their secondary on defense is a little questionable, uh, which will be a huge matchup for them versus Michael Penix and the Huskies, obviously receivers. But I got Texas. I think you know up front they got two defensive tackles that are dudes will be top ten picks in the next few years. So um, I got the Longhorns in that one playing Alabama in the national championship like the was it 2010 20, 2009 when that happened uh, when Colt McCoy got hurt so um, I got Texas Alabama in the national championship and uh, what do y'all got yeah I, I totally disagree with you on that Texas take uh, Texas I think weren't they they didn't come together to, and I know you're gonna come say that come together thing but they didn't come together to the last two games of the year versus a six and six Texas Tech and Oklahoma State who Oklahoma State struggled against every new Big 12 school that came from the American. 
Uh, Texas struggled against a few of them, like Houston this year as well. They struggled uh, a lot of games. I know Ewers battled some injuries, but I, I'm just I'm not sold 100% on Texas yet. I am sold on Washington. I am sold on uh, you know Penix. Uh, I like Penix a lot. He's probably one of my favorite quarterbacks. Too. Lefty. Yeah, I like I like the lefty too. Yes, sir. He's he's fun to watch. I think they have a pretty solid defense as well, and I, I like the Pac-12 going out. Um, you know, their last year as a national champion. I like it. Respect, Drew. Uh, I'm going to go with Holton. Uh, I think Texas is going to take this. Um, it's two really high-powered teams. Uh, I can see this game being a typical Pac-12 game where the final score is like 45-38, some high scoring like that. But I think Texas is just going to wear them out and win in the fourth quarter. All right, quick, because we got... the name's Texas, is that why you guys are like... they're all, I think their offense, I think Sarkeesian's scheme is, is going to beat uh, Washington's defense. Oh Real quick, we got about a minute or two left. Uh, predict your national championship. I got Texas versus Alabama. I got Alabama winning it all. Milro winning MVP. What do y'all got? I, I said Washington, and I'm taking Washington right now for the futures. It's like plus 700 on BetMGM. I like the odds. Who you got them beating? I got them beating Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Drew. Texas, Michigan. I'm going Michigan. I think they're going to win it all. Uh, they're mad. They're angry. <laughs> they're going to get it done. That's the takes. Uh, college football playoff, boys. Y'all got anything else before we go into a break? I was pretty excited last time I was on the show. Was that Thursday? Last Thursday, I gave the Ohio one, the Ohio over Georgia Southern. They were dogs. Ohio <laughs> pulled it out. I was pretty excited to call one on the radio, and then it hits. Yeah. Hype yourself up, Caden. I hear you. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, uh, let's go to a break. We'll be back right after this. Oh, yeah. Happy You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs, and you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one-time donation and GUC will match all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now, let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Holton. Well, well jo- Jonathan, either Elby. way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Holton did a great job on the last segment. Uh, we're getting one more in with uh, Holton Naylor's, Caden uh, Norman and Drew Dotter, the walk-ons here with the Holton Naylor's from the Holton Naylor's show. Shirley Rhodes and Glenn Griffin doing a good job producing Jonathan Ellerby here today because Clip Brock and Chandler Honeycutt are under the weather. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, Mike Mullis just walked in the building. We'll also catch up with Brian Bailey. Also, Jason Nichols coming your way in hour three. Going to get some uh, fun stuff here with the guys real quick. Tough uh, Sunday night football for Keaton Mitchell. I uh, hated seeing him get injured. I know uh, you guys know him a lot better than I do. Uh, I know it had to hurt your eyes when you when you saw that injury on Sunday night. It was tough. Uh, I talked to him about an hour or two ago. Obviously, the news coming out with Ed Torres ACL, so it's tough for him. Uh, obviously, I mean, there's been a lot of guys come back, bounce back from an ACL, um, and be successful. So you know, prayers to him and his family, and you know, hopefully, bounce back. How was his attitude? It was good. Um, he 
typical Keaton, uh, you know, upbeat, you know, says he'll be back better than ever. So uh, look forward to it. His story this year, uh, Caden, uh, of going undrafted, getting with the uh, the Ravens, and then uh, just, you know, everybody knows the speed and talent that he has. It's been fun to watch. Hate it's going to end early for him this season. I know. I hate to see it. It's been a blast to watch. I love the NFL getting in on it, too. You know, all around his speed and everything. It's been a fun season, but... Knowing Keaton, he'll bounce back. He'll be better, and hopefully, as a you know, another stellar year next year. Drew Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, he's gonna bounce back. Uh, he's a resilient guy. Um, it's unfortunate, like that's tough being undrafted, and then midseason you work your way up to starting. Like that's a crazy accomplishment, and it's unfortunate that his year got cut short. Coming down the uh, Christmas home stretch, uh, favorite Christmas songs uh, that that you that you have to hear over and over again the next week. Uh, Holton, you start. Well, the Caden start. He was the one who came up with the, uh, All right. with the K- idea. Caden, K- yeah. what's your favorite Christmas song? Yeah, that's, that's a tough choice, but I love Carol the Bells. Like, ding, 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 ding. That one? Let, let's hear one. it again. Does Carol the Bell have lyrics? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. That's why I love it. I can hum it. People know what it is. That's All the right. lyrics. All right, that's your new theme song. I'm gonna go. Behold, it just released by Open Door Worship. Open Door here in town just released their first Christmas album, first Christmas song. Uh, big fan of it. So, Behold by Open Door Worship. Uh, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas Is You. <laughs> oh. You hear that song? Come on. You know it's time. It's Christmas time, baby. <laughs> what happens when you hear that song? Come on, Drew. Do you? What, what, how does your mood go? I get jolly. <laughs> is it because of the song or is it because you think of Mariah Carey? The song. I'm a big Christmas guy. It's my favorite holiday. Okay. All right. Do y'all buy that? No, not at all. I, a little bit, but hey, Drew, I, I, I know who you are, Drew. A little Mariah Carey. I hear you. <laughs> He's going to be singing on the way home tonight. <laughs> well, my girlfriend isn't listening. <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas memory of all time? Drew, you go first. Um... Oh, my favorite Christmas memory. There's so many good ones. Probably when I got that PS5, to be honest. It was a great time. That was a, that was a great day in Drew Drider oh, history, yeah. huh? Oh, yeah. Holden, what about you? I was going to go last year. Um, I think it was. it's weird being away from home on Christmas, especially because I play, obviously grew up here, played college football here. But being in Birmingham, Alabama, probably not like my best Christmas ever, but just preparing for the game, being around the guys for one last time, I would say that one. Your favorite Christmas was in Birmingham. <laughs> Holton Nailers, who would have thunk it? Caden uh, Norman, your favorite Christmas memory? Yeah, four years old. I lived in Ohio at the time. My dad like dressed up as Santa. It was like nighttime. My mom woke me up, snow outside. He was in a Santa costume ringing the bell. And when you're that young, you're like, oh my God, it's Santa. So it was pretty it stuck in my memory all these years, just seeing you know Santa Claus walk down the street in the snow. So Love that. Sounds like a Disney movie. Is I that mean, Santa Claus? He fall off the roof? Nah. Four years old, Santa Claus. Four or five. In, I don't know what it was. He's in your house, though. That's big. No, he was walking outside in the snow. Oh, yeah. okay. I got With you. snow outside on Christmas, man? That's, Christmas that's pretty yeah. sick. That's pretty that's sick. sick. Favorite Christmas food and candy of all time oh. is Caden Norman. Uh, sugar cookies. Got to make them. Me and my mom make them every year. We roll the dough. We ice them with the uh, Christmas trees, Santa Clauses. They're the best. Do that Christmas Eve every year? Or? We usually do. I'll be in California this year, so we're going to do it tomorrow night. All right. The Christmas cookies. Uh, Holt Nailer's favorite Christmas food of all time. Favorite Christmas food or candy? Which one? Either or one. Both. both. Um, I'm just going to go uh, those. I don't even know what they are. They're like, I guess, sugar cookies with a Hershey Kiss melted in the middle. Those, or no, peanut butter cookies with Hershey Kiss in the middle. Those things. My mom used to make them growing up. Banging. All right. Drew? Uh, this one is definitely like probably 
for like a personal reason, but my grandpa used to get like these flavored candy canes and they were all like a different flavor and I would eat them like the whole Christmas break. <laughs> so that's probably like my favorite Christmas candy. I wish I knew the name of them, but those are great. All right. Got, you got to get that name. That's do, your that's your homework before when before the Holt Nailers podcast debuts in January to come up with that name so people okay. can can learn that that information real quick. We'll we'll get to the Chip Kelly audio uh, coming up in the next little bit with uh, Coach Mullis and Brian Bailey. I don't know if y'all saw what he had to say that the that uh, everybody should be independent in football and then. Uh, this, the other sports should be in conferences. Uh, your, your thoughts on the world of college football and what Chip Kelly said that went viral on social media? I think it's a great idea. I mean, I think the way – I mean, the Big Ten's going to have every big school in the country, if not. So, I mean, I think it's a, a great idea. Um, I haven't heard anyone explain it like that, but, I mean, I definitely see some uh, logic to his reason. So, Cade Norman, did you see Chip Kelly's comments? Uh, I saw a little blurb of it, but uh, we talked about it. I, I like it. I like it, but I, I still like the traditional conferences. I hate that the Pac-12 teams are moving out to the Big Ten, the Big 12, all that. So I like the old school traditional conferences. It's which gone, though. Are it's gone. The way of the yeah. past, so forgive, for, forgive my ideas. Drew, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, if it's possible, I think that's a great idea, but I don't know if it can really be done, especially with all the money that's like within the conferences. Yep. I think it'd be hard for like the SEC to really want to break up what they're doing or the Big Ten want to break that up. I think it'd be hard, but if it's possible, I think it'd be great. Great having you guys here today. Holt Nailers from the Holt Nailers Show will be debuting uh, in January right here on Pirate Radio on all our platforms. Caden uh, Norman, Drew Dotter. Of course, Jack Powers will be a part of the program. Uh, many special guests are going to be planned uh, coming up. We'll have a lot of big announcements and a lot of fun. I know you guys are looking forward. I'll give you guys a uh, – we'll go around the horn. Drew, we'll start with you. Last word before uh, we get our, get another break in and uh, let you guys get out of here. What, what, what's your thing you're looking forward to in the new year with this uh, new uh, show? Uh, I guess just blessed to have a new opportunity to do something special. Caden? Having fun with my friends. Just continuing, you know, having fun and – you know, something new in my life, like I mentioned earlier, just to look forward to. Holden? i say just opening up, you know, telling some stories that people usually wouldn't hear and getting some guests in that people would usually wouldn't hear from. So uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to have some of my best friends on and uh, obviously, you know, these guys with me. So it's going to be a good time. and excited to see where it goes. I've heard y'all throughout the whole commercial breaks through the, the, the last hour plus of saying, we got to tell that story. We got to tell yeah. that story. <laughs> Tease us with one story that's going to get told. Just, just give us a quick title, oh, a title or something that's going to get told I, I in one of the first episodes of the Holt Naylor show. I, I don't know if it'll be the first episode, but I uh, our sophomore year, we were in Cincinnati on Thanksgiving, <laughs> and me and Holton have a bathroom malfunction in our bathroom floor, and uh, okay. we had to get the, the coaching staff up there. But the bathroom malfunction in Cincinnati is coming your yeah, way. That is coming your way. <laughs> so, All right. We All had right. a manager in a hazmat suit, so. <laughs> All right. Wow. This is be- beyond the glory right here. Well, guys, uh, we look forward to it. Thanks for hanging out today on Pirate Radio Live. We'll, uh, y'all always will be a, a long ride with us uh, throughout January. I'll be stopping by the studio on this program, but uh, we are ready to rock and roll and launch the Holt Naylor Show coming up because it's just going to be local politics. A just little, a little bit, bit of it. A, a, little, a little bit, a little bit of local politics, bud, <laughs> here and there. So, uh, Holt and Drew, Caden, thanks for being here today. We'll, There's uh, local politics, bud. That's right. We'll take another timeout. Coach Mike Mullis is in the house. We'll bring him in. We'll uh, reach out to Brian Bailey on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Plus, we got the treasure chest. We have not opened the chest today. We'll make you a winner right here on the Stations for Winners. More Pirate Radio Live. We'll be back right after this. Special.
baby doll, sweetie pie, sugar plum, honey bunny, angel face, you know you better be good. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. 15-time best-selling author, keynote speaker, and global influencer John Gordon is coming to Greenville in March. John was ranked number six as one of the top leadership speakers in the world and will be our featured guest at the Pirate Radio Luncheon on Monday, March 18th. Don't miss out on this huge opportunity to enhance your mindset, improve your leadership skills, and create a better future for you and your team. To reserve a table, contact Jonathan Ellerby at Ellerby at PirateRadio1250.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Jonathan Ellerby. All right. Thank you, Shirley. Super excited about uh, the John Gordon event, the Pirate Radio Luncheon, coming your way Monday, March 18th. And uh, tables are going really, really fast. We are... I think close to 65 to 70% sold. So uh, if you are interested in seeing one of the best speakers and positive mindset coaches out there, John Gordon is coming to town. You can go to johngordon.com if you want to learn more about him and all his books. He's written 28 books, 15 bestsellers. So he is going to be a fun speaker for the Pirate Radio Luncheon coming up in March. Uh, special thanks to Holt Nailers and the Walk-Ons being here in the first hour of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock, Chandler Honeycutt under the weather today. and uh, But uh, the big dog, Glenn Griffin and Shirley Rhodes holding down the fort on the other side. And Coach Mike Mullis in the studio. Uh, Coach, good to see you. Thanks for coming in uh, an extra day early. For yeah, us. no no problem. Yeah, I was like, man, is it Tuesday? Let me tell you something. I'm not a big fan of uh, of rankings at times. And if Gordon, if John Gordon ranked number six, who's like five to one? I mean, that that's a, uh, he's he's a pretty powerful cat. Yeah, The Rock was up there ahead of him. The uh, Rock. You, you may have heard of him. See, I think I got to go John Gordon over yeah, The Rock. I so, mean, if we're pairing them out, I, I got to go John Gordon over The Rock. Yeah, so uh, I don't have the other uh, five names, but I do know The Rock was one of those guys. That's but, interesting. But, but it'll be a lot of fun. Now, how you doing? You get ready for yeah, Christmas, the yeah, holidays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As ready as we're going to get. Maybe a couple of last-minute things, but otherwise, no, we were... Uh, we're locked and loaded. The kids are ready to get out of school. Absolutely, it's that time of year where uh, get out one day, the next day they're dead on board. Well, you know, I mean, you know, always the half day. Wednesday yeah, is always a the, fun fun treat for everybody: and, parents, teachers, students, everybody. And so. the big debate on do we have to go? It's only yeah. half a day. So. Yes, absolutely. Uh, more with Coach Mullis in a second. He's going to be with us along this hour. But uh, Brian Bailey from the Brian Bailey Show is on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Uh, Double B, how are you today? Not too bad. How's everybody? We're doing good. Uh, enjoyed the Brian Bailey show with uh, Sammy Batten and yourself earlier today, talking uh, pirate football, recruiting, uh, lots of stuff to cover today during that uh, power hour, which will encore coming up at 6 o'clock on Monday night. Yeah, and, you know, Sammy Batten is so good with, with, with all of the recruits in North Carolina and beyond with all the schools, but, I mean, he really goes in-depth with with you know what the guys are about, he knows a little bit about you know you can read about a, a recruit, but he knows a little bit more than that and shared it with the audience today at noon. And he just did a great, great job. He's a great friend, and uh, man, he he makes my job a lot easier in recruiting because I'm admittedly not one of those guys that follows recruiting. You know, if 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 a kid from Tarboro like like the the quarterback who's going to be a safety, uh, Omar Lewis, you know, I keep up with guys like that, and of course you keep up with the Isaiah Crumpler Juniors of the world that. Yeah, he's going to go to Rutgers, but you know the rest of the state. I mean, that's just a lot to keep up with, and I have a lot of respect for those guys that are able to keep up with it. But Sammy Batten's one of the best. Absolutely. And uh, what was your initial reaction to the news over the weekend of Caton Hauser from Michigan State uh, 
coming becoming an East Carolina Pirate? No, first thing I wanted to do was read up, you know, how he did this past year, and everything looked really positive. And you know, it, it's we're in a different world now, or where you know a guy wants to move on, and he kind of look, looks around and sees, you know, what he where he thinks he can, you know, have the most success. And you know, obviously, he's going to make a little bit of money on the deal. And uh, I was excited about it. I think you know, Mike Houston said from from day one after the season, hey, we got to be better next year. There's no doubt. Uh, and and I think they've taken some some huge steps. They still have some steps to take. There's no question, but I think they're on the right track. You know, I, I'll tell you, and I was thinking about this really since Ellaby texted me earlier and knew that I was going to have opportunity to be on with the great BB. I knew this would come up. I, uh, You know what? The transfer portal and a lot of the things that East Carolina fans, uh, the NIL play, uh, all these things that fans have not necessarily liked and uh, kind of been resistant to uh, have also created tremendous excitement for, I mean, I don't know, again, you know, there's times throughout my time in Greenville over the last couple decades we go, man, there's a lot of excitement going into next year I, I this is kind of a new bar and i obviously coming off a tough year but i also feel like if you don't have that tough year last year is the passion there to invest in the nio is the is the passion there are they as aggressive if it's you know sometimes you, you take your lumps but that's where your improvement comes from so uh yeah i i think it's gonna be an interesting kind of experiment with these guys uh everybody's excited about them I know I've bought used cars I was really excited about, and and at times, you know, most of the times it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. So, uh, but I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, almost science experiment, not just here, but across the landscape of of college football. And I think it's going to be cyclical too. I think that you're going to see some teams that that come up with a, you know a ten and two, eleven and one mark, have their great great season, and the next year they fall off the landscape, and then you'll see teams that have the horrible season like East Carolina had. And you know can jump right up there. I think that that's what this you know the transfer portal and all the the things around the NIL can do for you. I think you know I'm not saying East Carolina's going to go 12 and 0 next year, but I think they're taking steps. And with the schedule they have, you know they've got a shot to, to win some games for sure next year. And you know hopefully turn this thing around. Yeah, there's there's definitely as you said, Bailey, uh, Mike. I mean, it's, when you have adversity and you get knocked down. The one thing you got to do is get right back up, and 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 Mike Houston's been a busy man. I mean, he jumped right on it. He's made a lot of staff changes. Um, he's announced so much, but he's having a press conference on Wednesday for for signing day, and then I'm sure he'll talk about uh, the new additions to his staff. So he he's certainly uh, I know, and he said all along he wasn't happy with uh, obviously what went on this past season, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see how I mean over the next eight months how it plays out. And uh, do you expect uh, Caden Hauser to? to to be the guy going into 2024? And when, when would you think Mike Houston would, would, would lock in and, and name him the guy? Well, I, I don't know when he'll when he'll announce it. I think he will be the guy. Now, I think I think it was in reading some of the stuff about him that he was saying, hey, I want to go there and earn the job. So, I mean, that tells you something about the kid himself. You know, some of these guys aren't going to go anywhere unless they're told, hey, you're, you're QB1, and there's not even a QB1A. You're QB1. But I think the fact that he said, hey, you know, I like where, where I'm going. I want to go there. I want to win the job, and, and I plan on winning the job. So I think that says a lot about his character. And uh, I just think that, that it, it looks to me like it's a, it's a real big get for East Carolina. You know, I also think, too, and I, I heard the uh, guys talk, but you know what I thought when I came into 
with the three of us here from an age standpoint, then these three guys just leave it. I mean, we, 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 we there's a significant, uh, we are, we are seeing the turning of the page here at Pirate Radio a little bit, but, but listen to them talk a little bit and thinking, uh, about what, you know, kind of insider knowledge. I do think it's critical that they continue to address the depth of the quarterback room, uh, not knowing, you know, Flynn, obviously not that, uh, he has eligibility left. Uh, he has a decision to make as it relates to medical school. I mean, the young man has other interests and, and, and talent that may take him away from football so I mean I think there's they're from the outside looking in it and and then again here these guys mention it uh there's still there's still a need there obviously to address uh the guys that are in front of the quarterback are, are going to be a, a huge deal I think from an offensive standpoint from the receiver uh, room there there's something to build on there but probably still uh some moving parts but Look, and I, LB, I heard you allude to it earlier, the, the power of social media right now. Every time we see something coming out from Mike Houston or anybody on staff and it's the power flags flying and the burn the boats. And my, right now, like, like we we as a fan base are like, we, hey, look, we don't even like really have to know their names to be really fired up about the fact that there's, you know, there's a lot, a lot going on or at least somebody's uh, really providing a, a great head fake. Yeah, I mean, I think that the excitement is there. I mean, people are starting to see, you know, you know, some of the names that pop up and 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 just, you know, and some of these guys like the Louisville Rush Edge. He's he's a North Carolina kid and wants to come back to North Carolina to finish up. And and he had a nice career at Louisville, but he's got a chance to play for East Carolina. So I think that's a win. There's a couple of others that I don't think have been announced yet, uh, and they have to come through. You know, the individual athlete has to announce it themselves. Yep. Uh, so we're waiting on a couple of those, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, again, you know, we're used to the national signing day and, and we always ask questions like, do you expect any surprises? Do you expect it? And now the coaches really don't, they kind of got, you know, they know what they've got. And, and every once in a while you'll get one that, that, you know, decides to do a different deal. But I think, uh, the last thing I, I talked to coach Houston earlier this morning and he said they, they expect to sign 19 high school players Wednesday and two junior college transfers. So. You know what'll be really interesting. Sorry to cut you off. Is if next year we let's say we you know ten win team and a good bowl. I mean I you know again that's maybe that's a pipe dream. I don't know. I don't know. Um, what's the conversation this time next year going to be? How do we how do we backfill these guys? I mean, you know, the one year guys. What I mean before we look at next year, let's reflect back to a year ago. Bailey, you you were preparing to go to Birmingham for the Birmingham Bowl, and uh, East and East Carolina wins a football game December twenty seventh, fifty three to twenty nine. And then we fast forward a year later, and we're sitting here with a two win football team. I don't think anybody would have written this script of how everything would have played out over the last uh, year of like East Carolina went from like so much fun and and and. Excitement with the Birmingham win and Holt Naylor's riding off into the sunset, you know, uh, capping off his career with a win. And now we're sitting here being like, wow. And then you're looking ahead to the schedule next year. And I think you see like, you don't see murderers row when you look down the list of, of teams you got to play. So there's got to be some optimism and excitement going into 2024. Well, I think so. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as you said, when you, when you finish up a season like last year and then you, You've got you've got question marks, but you think you have answers for some of those questions, and some of those answers weren't exactly what everybody thought they might be. You know, especially at the quarterback position was what happened there, and uh, and, it, and it went on from there. I mean, the offensive line didn't play well most of the year. Uh, you know, defense played really well for most most of the time, but the offense struggled. So, you know, you expect some struggles, 
but the way the offense played, I mean, it was really, I mean, that, that was historically historically bad, and they've, they've got to bounce back from that. Yeah, and Bailey, I mean, you've been around the Pirate football program for a long time. I mean, how, how do you put a cap or sum up East Carolina football 2023? I think it just did. I mean, it, it, I just call it frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody. I mean, as you said, there were questions, and you thought, I mean, you penciled in a lot of good answers under those questions, but I just think that that immediately just you took the eraser out and was like, well, that didn't work. I mean, it was just, yeah. there was just a lot of puzzling things that that could never be resolved over the course of those three months and uh there it, it frustrated a lot of people and uh there's been a lot of changes and uh i i believe east carolina is headed in the right direction in 2024 and uh you know th- th- it's we're you're going to need a strong uh offensive uh play calling from uh, john david baker and, and, and Kaden hauser they're, they're going to have to be rock stars to to get this program uh back to i guess you know at least at a bare minimum bowl eligibility next year I think if someone had given you the scores for some of the teams that played, say say Navy, you know Navy's going to score ten in that game. Which team wins? You say, well, East Carolina wins that game. They only gave up ten to Navy. That's a win. You know what, what was the the, the Tulane thirteen? Was it thirteen? Yep. I mean, so so Tulane thirteen. Oh, you get that one too, but it didn't happen that way. So you know. It's tough. Football's a funny sport. It is funny. Speaking of funny stuff, uh, I had a chance to go to Jerry World on Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys looked great, and then uh, they left Jerry World yesterday to Buffalo and did not look great. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a problem. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but uh, Jerry Jones has a first-class stadium in uh, in Arlington, Texas, and it, it was a fun experience uh, to watch your, your Cowboys beat up on the Eagles. But, uh, Bailey, what's going on with your boys? I tell you what, it's the NFL, man. Just when you think you've got something figured out, it kind of slaps you in the face, and the any given Sunday comes out. But the Cowboys' problem is, you know, they can win at home, but they can't play any playoff games at home because they can't get a good enough record to play some playoff games at home. So they've got to figure that thing out, and they only have a couple more weeks to do it. Well, if you also look at their teams that they've played on the road, BB, they, I mean, the only loss they had on the road that they absolutely not should not have had was uh, Arizona. But they lost to the 49ers. They lost to the Eagles on the road. Uh, they lost to Buffalo on the road. I think they're what uh, four. I think they're one game under 500 on the road. I mean, so I look. It's not like they've uh, not like they've played the you know Sisters of the Week on the road. They've had a they've had a, a pretty tough you know travel schedule. Yeah, well, and they've got they've got Miami on the road. Then they've got Detroit at home, and then the Commanders on the road. So. Uh, they got to get it corrected soon, and, and most likely, you know, even if, if the Eagles falter, they're not going to catch the 49ers for the number one seed. But if they can catch the Eagles for the NFC East and get to play at home, then that'll certainly help. What's your confidence level in the Cowboys right now? Uh, going into the Buffalo game, it was about an eight. After the Buffalo game, it's down to about a six, I would say. Mm-hmm. Spoken like a true Cowboys fan. I don't even know where you find six in that, BB. That was a that was a drumming, and Josh Allen only threw for like a hundred yards or something. They just they just got the ball run right down their throat, which is the last thing that I would think you would see out of that Cowboys defense. Well, they got an injury up front that which really hurts them, and then uh, not that that's an excuse because injuries are part of the game. But uh, I think I think that Dan Quinn's smart enough; he'll get that thing corrected. So I, I don't worry about that. I think Miami and Dallas is going to be a 42-41 game, and whoever has the ball last might win it. And then after that, you know, Detroit, they look terrible one week and look great the next week. So, 
We'll see how that plays. I'll tell you what, that little early uh, friendly fire shot to Michael Parsons' knee, I thought, man, if he's got a, you know, if that ended up being something, uh, that that could have that could have put a wrap on it uh, kind of right there. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, they got to keep him upright and healthy. Bailey, uh, before we let you go, East Carolina basketball has a couple more uh, holiday games here uh, in Greenville coming up. Uh, Mike Schwartz and, and his crowd. Uh, what can the expectations be as they finish up those uh, last two home games before uh, conference season gets under full swing in, in, in January? What, what can be the expectation for Pirate Hoops as we get to turn into a new year? Well, I think we've seen the defense improve dramatically because that's Mike Schwartz. You know, that's his calling card. And I think he was embarrassed early on, even though in some, even the win over Fair, I mean, they weren't very good defensively. So I think they've improved the defensive side of the basketball. And I think that that's what you're going to see in these next two games. They're trying to shore some other things up, especially on defense before conference play starts. Someone asked me this the other day, and, and, and I just didn't have a very confident answer just because I don't have any reason to be confident. But I think East Carolina is going to do pretty well playing in Minji's, uh, you know, during this during the conference, but the, the East Carolina basketball has struggled on the road all the time, my whole life. I mean, I just, I don't know. How many wins do you think this team can win on the road in this conference in January and February and March? You'd, you'd hope if they could win close to half of their road games, but that's that's asking a lot. I mean, you're right. You know, road games have been a real problem for the Pirate basketball program for a long time, and even home games. I mean, to be honest, I mean, They've just struggled, but uh, they do tend to play much better at home than they do on the road, and that's going to be difficult with, with the schedule that they have. There's some really good teams in the American, so uh, but that, that's got to be the goal, though. Absolutely. Well, Bailey, uh, what's on your Christmas list? What are you, what are you hoping to get under the tree uh, next Monday? Uh, I'm just hoping everybody's happy, everybody's smiling, everybody's having a good time. That's, that's, that's where we go, and if Bella gets everything, I think she sent lists out to about 100 people. And she doesn't. She sends stuff out with, you know, twenty two hundred dollar necklace, twenty six hundred dollar bracelet. She just sends it out. So we'll see what she gets for Christmas. Smart young lady. Yeah, doesn't hurt to ask. She is. Yeah, exactly. You know, I operate under the philosophy: if you don't ask, you don't get. So uh, you never know. Maybe Santa will be really, really good to her. She got a hundred ask out. That's pretty strong. That's good. Oh, she's got a bunch of lists out now. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, Bailey, we uh, always enjoy the Brian Bailey Show every Monday right here on Pirate Radio. Of course, an encore of you and Sammy Batten coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. You'll have a couple weeks off with uh, Christmas Day and New Year's Day being on a uh, Monday. Hope you and your family have a great holiday, and you'll be back here uh, January 8th. And you, you got a lot of new coaches to get up with Mike Houston to get on down here on the Brian Bailey Show. So uh, you should be uh, real busy by the time you get back after the holiday break. That's exactly right. That's the goal. Looking forward to it. Double B, uh, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, take care. All right. Brian Bailey on the Pirate Radio live line there. We'll uh, take a time out. Coach Mike Mullis still hanging out in the studio. Did you hear? Did you listen to Chip Kelly, what he had to say? Yeah, I did. We'll uh, we'll play that audio for the uh, audience and uh, get your response to it and uh, talk a little more college football. Also, we have your chance to be a winner in the treasure chest. Coming up, we still got time to uh, make you a winner. We only got, uh, I think we're down to our final. Shirley will give us a recap on the treasure chest on the other side of the break, too, of how many prizes we have left. Four prizes left, so one per day this week. So uh, your chance to be a winner, get something fabulous for yourself, or maybe a little uh, gift for somebody. And uh, coming up in hour three, Jason Nichols will be here. We'll talk uh, football and so much more with him. More Pirate Radio Live right after this.
Listening to Hour Two of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit CarolinaCaliberCompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance home facilities, and large scale residential renovations and additions. David Price Construction, the proud ECU Home Services partner. Call them today at 919-291-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Ellerby. All right. Thank you, Shirley. Shirley Rhodes and Glenn Griffin, the big dog, doing a great job on Studio B on the other side of the glass. Clip Brock, Chandler Honeycutt, out under the weather today you know uh chandler can't have the panther flu because the panthers actually won a football game over the weekend beating the atlanta falcons on the last second field goal so congratulations to his team hope they both get to feeling better and will join us back here later this week but uh i'm here in the studio with coach mike mullis thanks to brian bailey we also had uh, holt nailers Caden norman and drew dotter the walk-ons they've uh, all been part of the program so far we also coming up have the treasure chest in store and uh, a lot to get to on pirate radio live but uh viral uh, video as uh ucla coach chip kelly uh, had some real common sense things to say about the world of college football. I, th- I thought it came off real well. We'll get Coach Mike Mullis' reaction. Melissa, here was uh, Coach Chip Kelly when he was uh, asked and talked about the uh, state of college football and uh, his opinion of what we should do. What is the, the biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference, that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've a lot of spent time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group and said there's 132 teams and we all share in the same ter- we all share the same TV contract, so that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another, that we all go together. That's a lot of games and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one. Instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five, you can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You know a lot of different things. 
But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done, that money now needs to be shared with the student athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. Not that I've thought about it. Coach Mully, uh, what did Chip Kelly say wrong in that uh, two-minute tirade? Uh, well, uh, first off, I, this is something that th- – these have been talks around tables with gold beers for a long time. Like, hey, let let these teams secede from the union and go do their thing, right? And I, I agree. I, um, where I, I would disagree a little bit, it's a – and I don't. I was thinking of a, another term but to not ruffling feathers, but it's a, it's a little socialistic from the standpoint of – the uh, the mountain you know the mountain west teams getting part of the tv contract i think each team no different than yankees no different than all these protein let them establish their own value in an open marketplace and like it, notre dame then yeah 100 percent. and it might take it from there might not be 64 there might be 30 and they play amongst each other and have their own deal and it's literally let the nfl get involved make it uh pro affiliation i mean i you know if if you're gonna go that far i i well, the first step you have to agree on is that football should be separate 100%. from everything else. And you see it go that the other way. That is a thousand percent right. But you see it go the other way. So college gymnastics. East Carolina does not have a gymnastics program. Carolina has a gymnastics program. They play in a conference that used to be called like the Eagle Conference. But they were in a conference with like Georgia, different geographically uh, programs that made sense for a non-revenue sport to be involved in. So it, it's been done at the college level. Uh, and, and there's plenty of schools that have uh, athletic programs, equestrian, different things that not everybody has. Well, they still compete, right? It's not like they – and it's not a club sport. It's a varsity-level sport. Hockey so, is a good, so hockey's good, a good, good so example. It's, it's being done. It's being done right now in reverse. But, but the, you know, it, it's – and look, the other thing I would say with, with, with Coach that, that I may differ, I do think basketball has to go with it. What he didn't want to say and, and what's going to be kind of unpopular is if you take the men, then the women's game goes. Well, those are two very different products as it relates to sellability. It, it, it always has been. I disagree with the. I think football has to be a hundred percent separate because I don't think I don't think you I don't think people really want to see USC play Rutgers in basketball. Well, because there's, there's too much. Football is one time per week. The basketball thing there's there's too much. They, they should just be regionalized. But you, but in my opinion, you're looking at that as it sits now. We know that football is the window dressing to your recruiting for your entirety of your campus. So all of a sudden does, if one of these schools that's not, let's say Alabama has good basketball, they don't have what Duke and Carolina, whatever I've had historically, all of a sudden if Alabama's on that stage every day, are they getting those guys? Are Duke and Carolina not getting what they once were because they don't have any uh, association with being in the quote-unquote big league? I mean, Carolina's the probably the best example of that because their entire athletic program rose because of the rise of Michael Jordan. You know what, Big Dog, I think that that with what Duke, the commitment Duke made to football yes. is them saying, we don't want to be left behind if this happens. Well, I mean, they they see the smoke. They had to become relevant. They know that Carolina right. and, and Virginia now, are thinking about dipping. Yeah, and, and now, going, right. And, and the only thing that Duke had of any marketability at all is basketball. Sure. So now I think they're going, hey man, we got to be, you know, we got to be a little bit better than this. We've got the money. 
Because again, we don't have a huge alumni base, but they do quite well. They've got good money. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, let's become relevant. And Duke didn't go out and, and, and sink a fortune into their – it's all relative. But they paid guys thirty grand. Okay, and I, I've said what Coach Kelly just said countless times. And I believe this with coaches. Let them, If Deion Sanders knew the impact, the true impact he was going to have fiscally on the University of Colorado, he would have never taken a guaranteed deal. He would have said, give me – percentage five percent i'll look at the PL now and let's look at it next year and i'll take profit share and yeah. I, I think the players are the exact same way and i've i've said that listen if you're a big leaguer shohei otani ridiculously disgusting contract okay What's let the him, value let him negotiate up to that number so if we say that contract's 70 million a year we're not saying that that's what it is regardless of how they choose to pay it out okay we're going to guarantee you two million but then we're going to make every home run worth. That's where you negotiate. Every home run I hit, I'm going to be incentivized to hit home runs. I'm going to be incentivized to have my rear end in the lineup every time I can possibly drag myself out there to play because I'm also going to have a, a negotiated bonus for appearances. Think about what that does to the NBA. Now you don't have guys taking nights off if they're going to. Look, these dudes played a little bit harder. I'm not a huge NBA guy. I know you are. But I mean, they played a little harder for 500000 It's bucks. more about situations like that where you see the extra effort it's more about the playoffs That's right. and, and, and it's and it made it for me who I go, I remember Jordan and Bird. Right. And these guys. It's the serious competition it, that you enjoy. That's correct. It yes. made it more about let's get out there and compete. But really what we're talking about here is is, is college football should be its own separate entity because it, it can generate and make so much money. And it already that, that, does. I mean, I know. And, and I know, you leave basketball behind. I mean, football has just really just got to go off on its own. And, and, and I kind of, I mean, almost 264 divisions and – it's but, where it's kind of it's kind of where it is now but like it would it would just all kind of come together and make sense but where it needs is like one good commissioner to what what somebody. what chip kelly mentioned that kind of bothered me or not bothered me but kind of gave me pause was he mentioned installing a corporate entity as that overruling yeah i think at that body. point he was almost being funny about you know hey yeah. call it nike call it whatever yeah i i that's a little bit like weird but, but I mean, we see where do you we, we just spoke about the rumor that TKO, the right. Endeavor Group, would get involved with the Big 12 and the ACC and the PAC, whatever, as an umbrella group to say, okay, these conferences are now under us, and we're negotiating as one. We're coming to the table as three conferences as opposed to one, and now what kind of TV deal can we get? Well, I'll tell you who's sitting back in the corner, in my opinion, just waiting on the time to pounce. Once the organization gets in place, they're going to bring their money to the table. And that's the the folks, the live folks. I can't remember the name of their fund. Sure. But look at what they're doing with sports across the globe. You're going to have they, Ole Miss football sponsored by the Saudi Yeah, the fund. Saudi Investment Fund. <laughs> and, what, and literally what they're doing is diversifying, getting away from... The, the commodities of oil and did not that they're leaving that stuff behind but they're going wait a minute i use michael jordan used the hornets he paid whatever it was 300 million dollars for the hornets 15 years ago yep. and sold for 3.1 billion i don't yep. even know if oil can return that type of money sure so i mean I, they're, they're sitting back there going let's just let them do all the heavy lifting and then we'll just come in and say who do we need to write a check to and it, it, I mean, it's going that way. LB, my question will be, if you had to pick 64 football teams of that caliber, where do you get them from? I don't even know that they and, – and how do they afford to 
function in that. They would get some TV rev, which would be a different deal. I get that. But I don't think there are 64 teams that are capable. And I heard Coach Mack say it a couple weeks ago. I think there's maybe 40 that could I think le- it's 40 to 50, legitimately yeah. do it. And so I think, hey, if you're going to make this thing the cream of the crop, then truly make it the cream of the crop. We're not just going to let anybody in. I mean, it's going to have to be Rutgers, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest. They're, they're out of here. They're like, in trouble. Yeah. They're in trouble. And and of course, that puts East Carolina in trouble. The reality is, East Carolina needs to get back to playing college football, and we see that too. The Ivy League is still doing what they've always done. The service cap. They're not going to win a national title, but newsflash. They weren't going to win a national title anyway. And quite frankly, you could give them all the NIL money in the world, and they're not going to win a national title because that's not what that's about. Yeah, Northrop Ruman could come in and give them yeah, it doesn't $2 matter. billion dollars it doesn't for NIL, matter. and it wouldn't that, matter. That's right. That's right. It, do, it doesn't matter because those are student athletes. We The whole thing is jump the shark. We've got a pro league that's inside of us amateur league and nobody will just say let's birth this baby and move on to let these cats go do what they do and again i'm a hundred percent i think the sec and the big 10 are getting there let the nfl get behind it let them let them sure they don't need the xfl and usa they they have it already yep yep let them be the commissioners it's uh it's an interesting uh take i thought uh, a lot of truth in what chip kelly was saying a lot lot of uh debates of, of what he was saying about you know of I just the, just the common sense stuff that we said. I mean, I've said it for years. I mean, college football needs a commissioner. They, yeah. they, there's 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 just too many people. You go and like, with, like we were talking about the 14 playoff or whatever. When it's subjective and there's not like what well, in the NFL, if there's a problem, Roger Goodell, whether you like it or not, he makes a decision. He makes the and decision. Away we go, and then you criticize the crud out of him on what that decision and that's is, fine. or your whatever. But the, or and he has a legal team, and it's the shield, and it's all you know. There's and, a league office, and there's there's a board in the sense there's the team owners. I mean, you just have a governing body. Yeah, put the presidents of the college on or the AD or whoever. Let them act to sit in that same seat. Yeah, I, yeah. There's a way to do it that's really not crazy difficult. It's not complicated. I mean, it's 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 you know. But the biggest complication is getting out of the legal mess that it's currently in and into whatever. Well, and I think this FSU deal is gonna gonna probably establish a yes. precedent on getting out of a league that you otherwise shouldn't be able to get out of because yep. of what happened with them with the ACC. They're gonna be able to show lost ACC football was completely devalued. It took twenty five years backwards with that one decision. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll be very interesting if Florida State gets out of the ACC, out of the grant of rights, then that'll the, that the flood. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over for the ACC. It, well, it's, over. it's really for anybody. No, the, it means nothing to be anywhere at that point. It just con- everybody's got an out. It's it's like contracts don't mean anything, and they don't. And that and started, I think, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve. I think that to me was like the first. To me, them going to the SEC was the the first of the big like you would never see that happen oh my gosh is good goodness it's happening well i think it started with individual players saying we'll test the waters to see if we could find a loophole or a reason to get out of our sure. commitment sure. and then the schools go wait a minute if they're gonna let them do it now and let's i mean let's call it what it is the ncaa as it relates to being a governing body for for football is is such a paper champion it makes no sense that what they have is march madness they have power over basketball and, and they, 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 they i mean they they mean little to nothing as it relates to to college football it just they, they i mean they they have they have given up their power the money bought their power 
and you know, and you go back. I mean, we go into COVID now. I want y'all to think about this. We go into COVID, and every COVID literally everything was like it has always been in our lifetimes, right? Like it, it was there was not even really any talk about this. Then all of a sudden, people are not being able to play football, and they're having to cancel programs. There, I mean, university. We may have to close. I mean, all of a sudden, there's some folks sitting there because we all had nothing but time. Going, wait a minute, I, I don't get paid anything. I'm out here giving it up every day, and we apparently make so much money that because we can't play, they can't afford to pay for other sports. Hold on a second, and it only takes one to pick up the phone call and call one other person to go, hey man, have you thought about this? Next, you know, you want to talk about going viral? You had the movie get made in that same time frame yep. about the national championship that was, I mean, it was just, it, it, and then the knee-jerk reaction started. And there was no forethought into any of this. The NCAA has flown blind for so long, they've let this happen. There's no reason these kids, especially in the revenue sports, should not be compensated in some type of profit share situation for the product that they create. Absolutely. Coach Mike Mullis in studio with us. Coach Jason Nichols has entered the building, the big dog in Shirley Rhodes in Studio B. Big Pirate Radio Live. We'll take our next uh, time out. When we come back, we'll uh, get Coach in here. We'll uh, get his take on what we just discussed. Uh, Also, see what he thinks about uh, the new East Carolina quarterback that announced his decision over the weekend. Caten Hauser from Michigan State coming to ECU. And uh, also your chance to be a winner, the treasure chest. We're going to make you a winner. Your chance, one of four prizes that are left in the chest is going to be won in the next 60 minutes. So stick with us. More Pirate Radio Live right after this. It's going to be together. This Christmas fireside is blazing bright. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. They will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville and online at carolinacalibercompany.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Jonathan. All right, thank you, Shirley. Shirley Rhodes and the Big Dog doing a great job on Studio B. Jonathan Ellerby in studio for the... Under the weather, Clip Brock and uh, Chandler Honeycutt not here today. We're hoping they get well and be back with us uh, the rest of the week as uh, we'll be here through Thursday before we take a little holiday hiatus. And uh, we'll be back in early January with you for Pirate Radio Live. Your chance to be a winner coming up in just a few minutes. The treasure chest will reopen. Lots of prizes left. We got four good ones. We've given away a ton of great stuff already. But uh, look who's joined Coach Mike Mullis and myself in the studio. It's uh, our buddy Jason Nichols. Jason, how are you? How you doing, buddy? 
Doing good, doing good. Hanging in there. How about you guys? Merry Christmas. You ready for the holidays? Man, I, we started early. I was actually driving back in Charlotte today with me and you talk. Oh, wow. So uh, we went down there and celebrated with my side of the family because we got some other things going on. Did you do like an official dinner and like uh, gifts and everything? Yeah, we did. What was the best food you had while in, in Charlotte this weekend? Some shrimp and grits. Man, that is a <laughs> that is a good gift. We, we haven't decided our Christmas day menu yet, but that's like a good, like, I was trying to think of something that's not like turkey ham or heavy beef tradition yeah. Yeah. and shrimp and grits could be a, a great call that is a really it's one of my good all-time favorites no it's good all time it's yeah. a little difficult to, to cook if you well, if you do well, a lot of ingredients my sister had somebody she hired like a chef to come up actually from south no. that did it so it was it was a good little spread it had a lot of stuff on there yeah that's the way i would cook it get somebody else to do it. <laughs> that that's even better i see look jake coach nichols in here are giving us great advice already <laughs> you know right off the top all right you heard us talking about uh, the chip kelly audio I won't rerun what uh, Coach Kelly said. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? What did he say right? What did he say wrong? And uh, your, your opinion? Well, I mean, I, th- I think he has a great idea that he's throwing out there. Um, and hopefully, I- I'm going to be honest with you, I hope it can stick. I hope it can get some traction. The thing about it that I that I seem to uh, experience in this profession sometimes is it's still greed out there. And the reason why you have – Bold alliances and all that stuff. It actually affected East Carolina back in 96, if I'm not mistaken. We were top 25, and we got locked out of the bowl system because when we went to the Peach Bowl in 91, that took a spot from who? The big boys. So they came up with the FBS, and that's how you started locking people out like East Carolina from taking that big piece of the pie was to create these bold alliances. So if greed doesn't get in the way of uh, progress, um, I think what he spoke about um, could be something very, very uh, uh, real in the future, you know, with with, uh, the way this thing is going, because I totally agree with him. It's hard to take all your team sports and take them to the East Coast when you're out west like that. I don't. I don't know how they're going to work out no. their traveling schedule. I don't think you could do it unless your team, unless your program can afford a charter, uh, if uh, and actually probably have their own dedicated. St- I, I don't. I don't see how you do but it. But who wants to get on? I mean, just getting on an airplane for four hours, five. I mean, like it's, it's just kind of yeah, a little different experience when you're kind of walking by everybody waving at the you know yeah. the regular folks, and you just walk right out and get on but Air a, Alabama. Air that's a that's Air a little Alabama, different situation. Air Alabama on a Tuesday for a four hour flight, yeah. and then you come back at oh Stowe, no 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 I, like, no like, I, I'm saying the only two sports possibly be football basketball, but no that I mean you look at we we talk about four the, the the, the travel nightmare of just East Carolina baseball trying to get into Wichita State last year. And Wichita State had like four series they were affected by travel because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And you got to fly here to fly there to drive there. You can't make it work. And you certainly can't make it work like you're saying on a, for a midweek or whatever. It just doesn't make sense. Let's uh, talk about bowl season right now. We're in the midst of bowl season. I, I just, you know, there's so much news of who's not playing and what's, I mean, it's, has bowl see has the bowls run their course and can will, will there be life is there is can college football exist without bowl season man I, you know that's such a re- reward for having a great year is having an opportunity to go and play in a bowl game and and to still today still today I, I think so I, I think for the most part because you know the kids that's opting out of these bowl games those are the kids that's 
probably got an NFL future for the most part when you start thinking about the Jaden Daniels. He's not going to go play in a regular bowl because he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm opting for the NFL draft. I'm going to go and start working on that so I don't get hurt in a, in a game that's not going to do anything for me. But for the majority of the kids that's in college football, this is it. You know, this is it. So if I don't get a chance to go to a bowl game, I mean, what do you, you know, what am I doing? You're saying there's too many other too many other of the 85 that, that deserve an award. I, I think yes. that's interesting perspective that I've never thought of, and I should have. Jay Nick's talking from the standpoint of the staff and the kids. We're asking more like from a fan base, it's like why – you know why? It, we, we, I mean, all we're looking at is the unis. We really don't know half the dudes that are in the unis. You know, and yeah. so. But I think what I hear you saying is that that is that's the carrot. That's the carrot. Hey man, we got to get to six wins. We go to a bowl game. You're gonna stay there. They're gonna treat you great. Activities, meals, all these things. You're gonna get swag. You're, that's the that's the that's the carrot. But they need to go with all three aspects of this and i'll give my example i just went to jerry world for sunday night football and saw the cowboys and eagles play did not care about either team i just went for the experience to see that stadium and 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 enjoy a ball game all the bowl games need to get out of little jerry world in 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 charlotte north carolina and and everybody needs to enjoy that experience because if you want fans to go to your bowl games not knowing if some of their players are going to play there or not or maybe if some of their coaches have left and gotten other jobs and other things they should be played in facilities like jerry's world the atlanta mercedes i mean it should be a to your point that the player should go to a city or a destination where they play in an nfl stadium because that may be the only time they get to play and experience in that kind of first class facility and these new i've been to both in atlanta and dallas now and i've been to some other nfl state they need to be the fans need to be treated like that they need to go and be experienced where they have really good food at the at expensive food but really good food at the at the stadium a really good seat opportunity you know and for the most part if it can be in a dome where the where the temperature or no rain or anything like you saw what app played in yeah. this past weekend and the rain and other stuff but that's the only way i think bowl season survives you got to get re- you could go through these some of these stadiums that they have bowl games in that's the part that's outdated and the part of going to mobile or birmingham or or, or even like as i said they're, they're playing in in little jerry Stadium down Play in UNCC. In UNCC. That, that's that's got to be eliminated. And the experience, if you want fans to go pay and go as a part of it and give the experience to the players and coaches that are going as a reward, then make it a reward for everybody. And that's, a, that's a great idea. I mean, I haven't thought about it like that because it's so many different bowl games, but I'm sure you can work it out to where it's so many games hitting a week, you know, in a, in a bowl situation. Um, but that is, that is another way to look at it. To, but now the typical bowl game is a down south trying to look for warm, warmer weather type situations in Arizona and, and Florida. Well, there's 32 NFL teams. Correct. So there's 32 NFL stadiums out there. Some we can go ahead and eliminate, like Foxborough. And yes. Like, yes. You know, I mean, like they, they play one in Yankee Stadium and yeah. Fenway and all. And, and there's, you know, some of that. And we've seen that. And that's yes. just, I think, leave that. If you want to do games like that, and it's tougher because they're playing baseball in August, do preseason bowl games in, in, in those gimmick areas or regular season games Correct. if you want to do that. Correct. But go, go find, I mean, Atlanta could have five bowl games in that stadium. Dallas could have five bowl games in in that stadium. New Orleans. New Orleans could have five or six. You know what I mean? Like maybe Vegas. Well I think what you're also saying is is to have them regional if you're going to appeal to the fan base, 
I'm sitting here looking at Western Kentucky playing at UNC Charlotte. That's not easy travel. No. Now, the Old Dominion folks, that's no problem. Yeah. Right? It's an easy trip for them. But Western Kentucky coming down to Charlotte to go to UNCC. But, it, but this game should be played in Nashville. That would be close to both, be both those schools. Right. They'd be playing in be an perfect. NFL stadium. Nashville's getting ready to build no. a bit. Nashville is probably the most popular place to visit right, right. now. Yeah, just so, do, do regional as regional as you can make it. But make it in a NFL quality standard stadium that that is good for the players and you know and everything and then also as I said, then some fans would be like, "Heck, yeah, I want to go there" instead of like, yeah. I mean, who wants to go to Charlotte on a Monday, you know? Or like you said, I know it's it's a bold spot, but like Mobile. I'm, I mean, Mobile or yes. even um what's the other one over in Alabama? Um, there's there's Birmingham. Birmingham and you know, put it in a place where, you know, the people Shreveport, want to go see. You know, yeah, like, uh, like we we went to the Independence Bowl and and it wasn't. It's not much. I mean, they got some casinos down there, but that's about it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just um that that's to me that that you can you can save bowl season maybe, but uh, pack it in, pack those cities in where they have good food and have have it rotating in when you're going in the airport. Hey, look, those two teams are going out. These two teams are coming in and just uh, kind of make 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 it fun. Now the only problem I think you'll run into in some in certain cities probably is the housing. Like I don't know if you had like because you got to think now you don't just go on bowl day you go there for about four days. Well, four that, that, I disagree with that too. I, I think uh, I think the teams don't need to go for a week in advance. No, that's it, part. It, that's part of the that's luxury. Part of the, though. Yeah. I, I I think I would replace but, but, I, I would replace that with money for the players. Would would they? Would you rather go to Atlanta for a week, or would you rather go like a reg like you would and and get get a two thousand dollar check? I'm going to say both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, right. yeah, both would make sense. Both. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, that is part of the experience. That's one thing about when you do go to these bowl games. They they try to, you know, pack your schedule with different events that, that is historic. You know, whether you're in D.C. and you go to the, you know, to the White House DC's and too all cold. that good stuff. D.C.'s I, I, I out. Know, I know that one's not the case right now, but I'm just giving you an example of the most recent, one of the recent ones we went to here. But, um now, you, you know, DC, if, if, uh, who's the new owner of the uh, Commanders? If they build like a retractable roof, then DC yeah, can be back you, in. You can bring them back in, yeah. But like, it's 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 a lot of the the events that go on that week. You know, you have some other things. You have you know, you have competitions against other teams throughout the week too. I've been into bowl games where you know you have that very first uh, night where you're going against the other team and y'all have like games and stuff that you're playing. You know, it brings some camaraderie and all that good stuff. He wants board. his cake and eat it too. He wants the best teams and the best locations. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> but you can't do it for a day because I mean, like that's part of the experience. Part of the experience is being able to experience that. Th- and tell me this: who wants to just go to Atlanta for one day? Like, you well, got- you could spread it out. I mean, you could. I mean, you, you, it's not that hard. I bet you we could b- move these bowl games from like Miami, Tampa, Atlanta, New no, Orleans, no, no. Dallas. Gotta, I mean, you got to keep Miami. Miami. Uh, no, no, I know. Keep that. Keep oh, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I think we could find good cities for these bowl games. I got you. I, I like what you're saying. I mean, I do. I think it's a, a, a great idea. Um, how you know you got to get it all sponsored. Who's going to be the sponsor? I guess it could stay the ESPN's same sponsor. the sponsor. They own all the bowls. Yeah, it, it, this sponsor. This is in Charlotte, and it's the famous Toastery Bowl. And I and I, I assume that it is probably a famous Toastery with somebody, but I have I've never heard of that. <laughs> I just know you don't know the famous Toastery. Famous Toastery. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming it's a restaurant, but I, I literally I have no idea. But it is. I've seen one. It's off of uh, Concord Mills Boulevard. Okay. 
Right. I was like I said, I was down in your neck. Yeah, yeah. This one right here off of <laughs> okay. Concord, Concord Mills because my sister lives over there. All right. We got Coach uh, Mike Mullis, Coach Jason Nichols in the studio. Let's uh, take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, Coach, I want to get your take on the new quarterback coming to East Carolina. And a lot of, a lot of things have been, been changing over at uh, – the Ward Building over at East Carolina Football. We'll get uh, the update from you on that. Also, your chance to be a winner. We'll open up the treasure chest coming up in just a little bit. Stick with us. More Pirate Radio Live right after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine has been caring for the Pirate Nation and the student-athletes at East Carolina University for more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU. Ortho East uh, provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients in eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Ellery. All right. Thank you, Shirley. You're doing a great job on Studio B with the big dog, Glenn Griffith. Appreciate you guys keeping us on the air on video today. Chandler and Clip under the weather, not with us. We wish them well. Uh, I caught a little ballot of something last week. I missed two days of work, which is rare. I don't miss a lot of work. Coach Jason Nichols in the studio with us. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, the this whatever bug that's going around, and I, I, I've seen different variances of what different <laughs> symptoms of what people have gotten. I hope it stays away from your family, uh, Coach, and uh, y'all stay healthy this holiday season. I do too. I'll make sure I will wash my hands when I get up. <laughs> so I have a question. Yes. So if Chandler and Clip come back tomorrow, can mm-hmm. me and Big Dog dip tomorrow? Y- y- y'all want to dip out of here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, I, I don't. Does that? Let, let, let them boys handle doing this show. Can, I mean, Chandler's going to have to work, too. We have to get Joey in there, somebody. Nah, have to, Joey's have to, gone home. Joey's so gone, he, gone. Yeah, gone for Chandler the would be by himself on this side of the glass. Let's see if he can handle it. I don't it. know. We just, we were, we're going through Thursday, Shirley. Can, <laughs> I, I, then, then you're going to get some holiday hiatus time. I know, I know. Well, I'll send you with a group picture so you won't miss us so bad. I know you're going to cry a lot that you're not going to see us I, for several days. Sure, I will shed so many tears. I know. We'll send you with a box of tissues and a picture of us so, so you won't miss it's too bad. So, um, we do have some more business to get to. We'll get to the treasure chest. You say we got four good prizes left. So yes, we do. We'll uh, we'll get to that coming up on at the end of this segment. How about that? So stick with us. We'll make you a winner. Um, just a few other notes. John Gilbert, East Carolina Athletic Director, will be our guest Wednesday at three o'clock. So uh, mark your calendars to join us. Uh, we'll get a recap of 2023 with him. A look ahead to 2024 with John Gilbert. We also have our Pirate Radio Luncheon with John Gordon, a uh, 15-time best selling author. He's coming March 18th. You can uh, give me a call at the studio or email me if uh, your team is interested in coming to that event. We're excited about that. Talked about that with Coach Cliff Godwin last week. And uh, lots of good things coming on. The Dixon Williams uh, shirts. If you ordered any of uh, his shirts, they're available for pickup at the studio. You can come this week between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We'll get you hooked up with your shirt. We'll also have Jake Hunter's 
shirts available uh, probably by Wednesday to get those uh, out. So uh, lots of stuff going on. If you have any questions, give us a call at their studio. We had a lot going on here today so far. We were just watching before we get to the East Carolina update of your take on the quarterback situation of the new quarterback at ECU. We were watching number 17 for Western Kentucky. He He's having a ball game today, and uh, it made me think of like, hey – did you ever have any? Do you have like a catch or, or, or like that one moment? Like, I mean, this guy just snagged one like a baked potato and just like 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 it was like a mini football and just caught it. It was impressive, one handed. I was thinking, man, I'm sitting here with one of the pirate greats of all time. I know you've had like a a catch or a moment that was probably like the one that you always remember. Which one was that for you, man? I, you know what? We we've had some really good moments. Um, Man, nothing like with this kid. I mean, he's caught three touchdowns, two of them with one hand. I mean, like if you stuck, you know, one you hand. had, you know, you had some games like that. Don't <laughs> don't be so modest sitting over there. I remember when you it was the NC State game where you took the onside kickback. I, I, I mean, that to me that was my favorite Jason Nichols moment. I I don't know what yours was. We'll go with that one. That's uh, a pretty good one to beat uh, to beat NC State because we did. We took. A, I did take an onside kickback against those. Alex, players. I mean, they kicked it. It was it was a one hopper and it came right up and you just yeah. did anybody touch you on that play? No, you know what I had? I used to tease me and Larry and some guys like that who were all on the hands team. I said, "Man, I'm gonna take one of these back." I, I talked about it all year, and um, it just so happened that, that goes to show you can speak what you want into existence. And so, uh, it was just NC State. They they lined up. I went to go get the ball. See, that was the key. I didn't wait for it to come to me. I went and caught it off that one hop and got behind those guys, and then I took it to the house. But. Uh, it was just one of those deals, to be honest with so you, Jonathan. That was the moment. Is there, is there, give us one more. People love the, especially memories this time of year, while the Pirates aren't going to be in a bowl game. We don't have anything to look forward to well, until next August, until the Pirates play again. Well, give us a, a, a Jason Nichols memory of a, of a moment you did the, <laughs> a, 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 in a ball game. Well, my moments always involves a quarterback. I have to go back with Miami, being able to go down there and beat the Hurricanes. I think they were ranked uh, top 10 in the country at the time and went down there and we beat those guys in the uh, Orange Bowl, which a lot of people have not done, yeah. especially at that time. And uh, it was just a great uh, victory, a team win uh, for us at East Carolina. And uh, it was one that you just remember. You remember those moments. Uh, you remember some of those big victories like that. That was uh, awesome. Everybody loves number 17 for East Carolina, Dwayne Harris. People will be loving number 17 for Western Kentucky. I mean, you, 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 when you get in a rhythm like that, when you just feel like you can't drop anything, I mean, I guess it's just like in any sport, you just feel like you're a batter, you're just, you're going to get a base hit every time you go up. I mean, you just, when you get, when you get it going, it's, it's, it's hard. It, it, I mean, what's that, what's that like? Yeah, it's, it's a real feeling. I mean, when you get into a zone like that, man, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're playing basketball basketball or football, uh, you find that zone, man. You try to stay in it as, as much as you can because it's, it's, it doesn't happen all the time. You know, that was the unique thing about somebody like a Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and those guys. They seem to find that zone a lot more than anybody else. But even them, I mean, you know, those guys, it, it was very few moments where maybe they went for 80 points, but they did have the, one of those nights where they would go off like that. How do you recognize uh, as a coach or when someone's in a zone? I mean, I mean, when when do you say, huh? Number forty looks a little different today. Well, you, you well, you know what? Sometimes it's in the kid's preparation. I remember I had a kid named uh, Dev uh, Devron Johnson. He was at Sacred Heart, one of my first years ever coaching. And Dev was a kid that when he would, you know, you know, I was learning, I was getting to know him as as our uh, season went on. 
And uh, he was the guy that did a lot of talking before the game. You know, he was, uh, he was just talking. And I never said anything because I said, well, you know what? If, if he keeps playing well, he can talk all he wants. You know, just don't do anything stupid. And then there was one game where he didn't say – he wasn't saying a lot. And he didn't play very well. <laughs> and I actually went up to him and said, Devil, you all right? He's like, I'm good, coach. I said, well, you're not talking today, you know, because yeah. you're used to that. That was you know, part of his mojo. That was part of his mojo. And then I made sure after that, every other game, he was going to talk. Whether I had to tell him somebody said something about him or, or whatnot, I was going to because that was how he got ready. And every kid is different. And I just, from that moment on, I just, I took it that way, that every kid is going to be different. He could talk. That's how he was getting himself mentally prepared to go play. And every kid is different. How do you regulate smack talk? When 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 is enough? I mean, obviously, when you get a penalty, enough is enough there. Yeah. But like, well, at what point? I mean, do you, how can you like? Well, I mean, like that's his that's his deal. He's playing good. Well, let, let let him roll with it, even though he's saying not nice things about people's mothers out there. <laughs> well, the good thing was he wasn't talking to the opposite team. It was all in him, almost self-talk. Okay, you know? he was talking to himself. Yeah, he was almost talking to himself. It wasn't that he was going across and, and, and talking to the other team, because you're right, at that point, you know, we don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize us as a team. So I, I don't ever, you know, uh, want players that want to do that, because that's not how we're going to win the game. Um, you know, but it was self-talk, you know, the way he was kind of walking around and talking, and, you know, so I was just like, hey. It's not bothering anybody else. I'm going to let them do it. If, if you had to pick two guys, maybe who you played with or who you coached before as, as your best smack talkers, who, who would, I mean, like if you were just drafting <laughs> your players just on smack talk that you wanted on your sideline because, man, they're going to talk the talk. I don't know if we're going to walk the walk with them, but we're going to psych out. I mean, they, they're going to be the best talkers. Who, who are some of the best, best smack talkers of all time well, that you've been around? Well, Mitchell Galloway was one. Mitch Galloway almost get us in a fight every game. Oh, really? He was going to say some stuff. So he was a good one. Um, Probably that was one as a player that I played with, and probably as a coach, the 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 kid Devron Johnson was one of the ones that has always stood out to me because he backed it up too. I mean, he go out there, him or a kid named Stephen Williams that I coached at Toledo, and uh, those two kids were different. They were both six four kids. Uh, Dev had a basketball background, um, and when I went there, a guy named Jim Fleming was like, Jason, I think I got an NFL receiver. And I was like, you know, I had G8 here. I was just, I left here to go to Sacred Heart, and I was like, there's no way in the world you got a, uh NFL receiver at Sacred Heart, which was a non-scholarship program at the time. But I tell you what, went in there, and I said, Fleming, you're not lying. And he was. I mean, he ended up getting drafted. First kid to ever get drafted out of Northeast Conference uh, went in the sixth round to the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. And Very so, impressive. It was. Your take on Caton Hauser. He's the transfer from Michigan State. Uh, he threw for over 1,100 yards at Michigan State. Started, I think, seven games. Appeared in 11. Um, wh- what have you heard? What have you read? Uh, and your expectations for this young man? Well, I, I read a little bit that I've seen on the internet about him. Uh, definitely a kid that has some pedigree um, coming from California, correct? Yes. Um, and uh, he was a four-star kid, I think, coming out of out of high school. Um you know, and he's got to play in an in a, in a environment that is, is pretty unique. I mean, anytime you're playing in a Big Ten stadium, it's going to it's gonna be some things there that's going to get you excited and that you got to, you know, overcome. So the moment I don't think will ever be too big for him in, in that standpoint. And I think the biggest thing about it is that he has uh, 
multiple years of eligibility, which is like, it's not just I pour all this into a kid for one year and it's gone and I got to do it all over again. Uh, at least at that point, you can build upon what you're doing. You know, as a coach, you, you, you know, I'm sure with the new OC here, uh, Baker, right? Yeah, John David Baker. Uh, he, he will, you know, he's going to put in his offense and I'm sure as these guys grow, he can add something to it that, you know, that makes them a little bit more um, explosive or create explosive opportunities for them as the players grow. You know, that's what you, you, you try to do as a coach. And so uh, having a kid like that that you can pour into and, and, and see him develop and, and you know that you got him coming back, that uh, you can continue to grow him and and pour and put more things on his plate as he grows as a player. How can this guy come in? I mean, as a quarterback, he's one, he's already looked different. He's coming from Michigan State. I mean, I mean, he's the, I mean, he's the prized recruit coming in right now as I mean, he's the guy that's going to have more eyeballs on him than anybody <laughs> else. I mean, it, it just it is what it is because yeah. that's what the quarterback position brings. Uh what can this guy what are two things he can do, two things he can't do uh, over the next uh, 6 months? Well, the biggest thing that he has to get ready to do is 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 win over the team too. I know he's won the the public. Shouldn't that be opinion. easy? Though? I mean, just because well, I mean because the team's got to be. I mean, at, at two and ten, everybody's got to be like, well, I mean, he's got to get the benefit of the doubt, don't you? Th- I mean, like, well, I mean, well, but but gaining everybody's respect is different though, okay. right? Because as a as a player and even as a coach, when you go into a new situation. You got to gain their respect before they're ever going to try to sit here and follow you. So he has to do that by how he shows up, you know, being the first one there. He has to do that with how he prepares, you know, and then he's going to have to do that with how he practices. Um, And then, you know, obviously in the workouts and all that stuff that he's going to have here uh, when they get back to campus. So that's going to be a huge moment, a huge spring for him to grow and win over the team, you know, because those guys will, you know, when you went over uh, uh, the team, they play harder for you. They listen to you. They believe in you. It's how you carry yourself, you know, and uh, and it will it will help us grow as a program. How vocal does he need to be? As vocal as he needs to be, as, as he gets comfortable, you know, being vocal. Some guys may come in from day one and, and have that. That's just who they are. That's their personality. Uh, some guys, it may take a little while for them to grow into that, but as they get comfortable with who you are and where they are in the program, too, uh, they'll get more vocal about, you know, especially when he learns the offense. Like, you know, one of the best situations I think I ever <laughs> experienced was uh, we went to the Indianapolis Colts um, back when Tony Dungy was the head coach. I was coaching over at Kent State, and we went over there for their OTAs. And when I got there, and I got to watch everything that Peyton Manning was doing. I said, that's why they win. Had nothing to do with the coaches. Now, I'm not saying they didn't have anything to do with the coaches. But that guy ran that whole offensive segment by himself. He told the receivers when their splits was wrong. I mean, he was on the old lineman. I mean, he was running that whole show. And I said, that's why they win. It was no secret to me. At at that point in time, you know, you only see it from a fan standpoint of watching how he plays. But what people didn't understand, how he prepared was more important because he took home the same editing system that the Colts had at the practice facility. He had it in his house. Right. So he can watch games and watch film and have input when he walks in there on Monday and say, hey, 
let's do this, 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 that, and the other. So most people think he was just winning because he was the great Peyton Manning. No, he won because of all the other things that he did, too. The intangibles of, the intangibles. of uh, being prepared always. That's, I mean, that's why, you know, Jordan and Kobe took so many shots at practice that, you know, playing the game was fun for them because there's confidence. They knew they were going to, they've taken that shot. A gazillion times that week. Well, and, and and not only have they taken it, and and they, it's it's that, you know, you try to tell players you want practice to be tougher than what the game's going to be. You know, that was one of the first things I remember Coach Logan used to always tell us as receivers: don't ever come back and tell me you got hell. That wasn't an excuse for us. Oh, he held me, Coach. Well, good players don't get hell. <laughs> right. And that was as far as that conversation went. So you said, okay, you, you're right. Where, where is East Carolina in the quarterback room right now? We've talked to Holt Naylor's in hour one with the, with the walk-ons. They were here. There's questions whether Alex Flynn is going to come back, whether he's just going to go to medical school. Um, Raheem Jeter, obviously here. I mean, it, 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 where, where would you feel comfortable about East Carolina and their quarterback room now that you have Hauser from Michigan State? But, uh, I mean, they were kind of saying, hey, look, it needs to be a competition. We need, you, know, you, 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 got, you can't just come in and assume the job's yours. Well, um, I definitely think that there needs to be an open competition, but, uh, you know, Coach Houston and those guys are going to make that decision how they're going to proceed forth with, with him. Uh, you didn't bring him in here to, to be on the bench. I know that for sure. Um, you know, you didn't go into the portal to get depth. You went into that portal to go find the guy who's going to be the man. Um, now, he has to earn that, and he has to make sure that he's he's doing that with everything that we just talked about in his preparation and, and being a leader. You know, that to me is the most important thing I thought we missed on that side of the ball last year when you watched how we played is I don't know if we just had that guy that could rally the troops, you know, and typically it's a quarterback because they're the guys that touch the ball that makes all the decisions and uh, typically knows the offense better than anybody. And I just didn't see that we had that. So uh, it needs to be a competition, but at some at a, at a certain point, you're bringing him in here to say, hey, we, 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 you're the guy. Now, I don't know if Jeter is going to bring that to him. Hopefully he can, um, especially, you know, from, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of him this year, so I don't know exactly what he is. Uh, I thought maybe down the end stretch we would see more of him, but we didn't. And then um, with Flynn, I think we kind of know where Flynn is right now, on, you know, what he showed us this past year. Um, and then, you know, they got the other kid that they got committed that's coming in, but I don't think he gets here until the summer. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know if they go out and get one more or not, you know, as far as recruiting-wise. We all saw what happened this year. Uh, when should East Carolina name a starting quarterback in 2024? What, 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 would, be, what would be healthy? For this program. Well, I'm going to tell you, what I learned this year uh, is that they did not name a starting quarterback because there wasn't one. Let's just be real. Facts. Uh, And I I don't take any – I think they were hoping that Mason was going to become the guy um, with all that he came here with and great kid and and all those attributes that you're like, this is – I mean, when when Mason walks through the door, I mean, he looks the way you want your quarterback to look – um, when he moves, he moves fairly decent, but it was all, it, it just never really clicked for whatever reason. And so, um, you know, that, that was, that was the, you know, the disappointing part of probably with that. But, um, what about next year though? So, I mean, should, would, would you want to have it established by spring or do you say, Hey, look, let's, let's, 
we'll, we'll definitely go with someone at the end of August. Listen, if they name a starting quarterback probably at the spring ball, that's probably a great sign for the Pirates. That means this guy has separated himself from everybody else. Right. The whole reason that they did not name a starting quarterback last year, nobody separated themselves. Even as we watched the games here live on TV, nobody separated themselves. So that was a tough call. Well, where, where do we go? What, you know, and I could see what that was frustrating, you know, but nobody separated. So if they do name one, I, I don't think there has to be a timetable on it. Uh, I, I think the kid is going to determine the timetable, how quickly he comes in, he can grab a hold of the system, uh, how quickly he can learn and, and, and do all those things. That's going to be the, the indicator. But I'm pretty sure they're going to give him – it's like first-round draft pick. You get every chance to start until you just show us that you can. Mm -hmm. That's basically what he is. He's a first-round draft pick for us. It is, absolutely. That's what the portal has basically come, especially at at this need of an area. I do do agree with you what you said earlier. I think the one real big upside for Kate and Hauser is is his three years of eligibility. It's like, if he was coming in here with one the, the, the conversation we, we'd be having right now of being like, well, he he is the starting quarterback and we need him to start working magic yesterday. You know, I mean, it's like with, with I mean, there is a little, you know, it's like, all right, he's going to him and John David Baker can come in, get on the same page, hopefully fast. And then but like if, if sparks start to fly, then I mean, it could be a really good thing for East Carolina over the next, you know, one, two, three years. Yeah. Well, um, I, I definitely think, you know, he, he can be that. You know, um, don't know the young man, um, don't know how he functions or whatnot. I would bet he's probably a pretty smart kid um, that can come in and, and, and get into the playbook or get in there with, with the OC, uh, Coach Baker, and, and start uh, figuring this thing out. And I'm sure he's going to have that type of – of, of moxie about him. You know, one kid who who we, I played with or coached, shall I say, that was like that was actually Julian Edelman. Like, he came in and he had no doubt, I'm about to be the starting quarterback. And guess what? He came in and became the starting quarterback. And we had a guy that was not bad. But he said, right. no, 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 I'm coming in to be the starting quarterback. So, you know, it's it's, it's going to be on him and how fast he can, he can learn this thing and how he performs, too, because – I'm sure Jeter's not sitting there saying, y'all just finna walk over me. I mean, if he's competitive, I right. mean, you know. Yeah, he's not laying down. I'm not laying down. I'm putting out the purple carpet. That he's gonna. That's my purple carpet is the way your attitude has to be. I mean, even Cade Norman was in here earlier. Yeah. I think he played one game at his very end of his career. But, I mean, he was like, he was like, I always thought I was the guy, even though I wasn't the guy, yeah. you know. So, I mean, it's just kind of the attitude you have to have, I guess. You know, when you compete, man, you, you, when you're a competitor, you don't lay down for anybody. Now, at some point, you got to be able to look in the mirror and say, okay, that guy's better than me, and, and you know, I'll accept my role. But uh, I, I, he's going to have to prove to me that he's better than me. Jason Nichols in studio with us. We'll take a timeout. As we do, let's make you a winner. 317-1250, the Pirate Radio treasure chest. We have four prizes left. We have four days left. So we're going to get a winner today, 317-1250. If you've been with us the whole show, hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you're just tuning in to win, call us, 317-1250. Shirley will make you a winner. What number, Shirley, are we going for today? Number 12. Number 12 on the Pirate Radio Live Line, 317-1250, 317-1250. We'll tell you about the prizes. We'll get some more with Coach Nichols, and uh, we'll put a bow on today's show right after this.
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 36 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. And the Buccaneer Music Hall has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TVs, so you don't miss a game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway that starts at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Ellerby. All right, thank you, Shirley. Uh, doing a great job. Jason Nichols in the studio. We got our winner for the treasure chest. We're going to get to that in just a second, and uh, we'll figure out where we are at the treasure chest as we have three more days for winners this week till Thursday. And also before the end of the hour, I want to get uh, Jason Nichols, uh, Alabama, Michigan, Texas, Washington winners. So we'll get that. But uh, Shirley, who was our big winner on the uh, Pirate Radio Live line today? That would be one Jackie Hutcherson. Oh, Jackie, congratulations. Are you with us? Yes, I am. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, lived in Greenville since 75 and I was, I'm retired was with the College of Nursing teaching. Well, awesome. Congratulations. Where did you live before Greenville, just by chance? Before 1975, uh, where did you hail from? Well, actually, I was a graduate of the University of Miami. Um, my former deceased husband, um, it was in football, and that's what brought us here. He actually coached with Coach Dye, um, and we were part of that era. Okay, very cool. Well, we're glad to have you a part of our family here at Pirate Radio. Uh, have you ever won in the treasure chest before? I have, uh, on and off, not consistently every year. Well, I would say if you've won, then then, then you're you're ticking a lot of people off that you're more consistent than they are. But uh, what did, what did you won what did you win before? I think I, one gift. I, one was a Domino's pizza. You know, one mm-hmm. month that made my grandchildren very happy. Yeah. And uh, and then I think there was something from the. Um, sorry, right now I'm blanking. But the the in in Washington there was a shop. Naughty Life. Naughty Life put a great basket together, and I still have the Yeti cooler. I use it every day. That is awesome. Water cooler that uh, they had in that gift basket. Very cool. Well, you sound like you, you I mean, let's, yeah. but you, are you ready to hear what you're going to take home this year, Jackie? As I've always said, anything, I'm grateful. Uh, well, that, uh, we love gracious winners. Let's, uh, Shirley, open up the uh, chest and uh, let's find something great. Everything in the chest is great, but uh, let's see. One of four prizes left. Your chance to be a winner Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday before we close the chest for this year. We've had a lot of great winners. Shirley is digging it out. All right, Jackie. Goodness gracious, you are the proud owner of a Budweiser mirror, Bush Light Neon, Bojangles Hard Sweet Tea Neon, and two cases of Bud Light from Carolina Eagle Distributing. Hey, not something for the grandkids, unless they're 21 or older, but uh, something great for Jackie if you're having a big uh, New Year's Eve or Christmas holiday party coming up. How about that? With you, I think my two son-in-laws will probably fight over which one they're going to get. Oh, can we do a pay-per-view? If, we'll, we'll like get some boxing gloves and stuff uh, I mean, we'll get Bud Light to sponsor it since they got so many great prizes 
That's uh, fantastic. Well, th- those are really cool prizes. Those neons are really cool. So if they have like a man cave. They're going to be ecstatic. They, they are going to be super ecstatic. So, uh, yeah, come on down to the studio this week. We'll get you hooked up with all the all that gear. And uh, thank you for listening and hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. All right. There's Jackie. So uh, your chance to still be a winner coming up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So join us back here. Shirley, let's take another quick timeout. When we come back, uh, Jason is ready to go. He's got Alabama versus Michigan, Texas versus Washington. Uh, We'll see what else he wants to predict before the holiday break. Jason Nichols with his Christmas predictions, at least bowl game predictions uh, at least for the four the two games that matter the four teams that are playing for something important we'll be back more pirate radio live right after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. The Dow was up just eight-tenths of a point and finished at 37,306. The NASDAQ was up 90, however, at 14,904 and the S&P was ahead 21 at 4,740. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors stock market report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Ellerby. All right, thank you, Shirley. Jason Nichols in the studio with me, closing out the uh, hour. And uh, Jason, what's your what's your take? Give me the Alabama Michigan winner, the Texas Washington winner, and then the the winner after that. That's going to be some monster games coming up over the holiday break. That will be that that will get everything going. Um, I'm gonna take in the Michigan Alabama game. I'm going to take the Roll Tide. Okay. In the Texas Washington game, I will take Texas. Hmm. A rematch from uh, a game where Texas went to Alabama and won this year, and the national champion will be Alabama. Alabama. Why do you say that? Why do why do you, why do you roll, Todd? I just think it's going to be hard to beat those guys twice, and I think uh, Milro uh, has has done a great job of improving throughout the season, and I think he'll be the difference makers when it's all said and done. You discount uh, Michigan. To beat Alabama? Um, I just don't see uh, Michigan beating those guys. I mean, I know Michigan's been a, had a great season. they got a great football team. It's just a little bit different than the SEC. I don't know if they're going to get that done. So at, between Michigan and Washington, who would be your long shot of to, to, to win? Which, I mean, they're all really four good teams. So calling any of them a long shot is probably not fair. But, uh, I mean, who would you say would be the long shot to win the national title? Probably Michigan to me. Really? Think you think Washington's better? If Washington and Michigan meet, that Washington's going to beat, would beat I, Michigan? I think so. I think Washington has been truly tested throughout this whole season. They had to win a lot of close ball games here. Uh, to get to where they were. 
And uh, and to have that under your belt, you got the confidence that no matter what, we can come back and win this this football game. If it's Alabama and Texas, will they invite Florida State fans to come to that game? <laughs> will, will they will they build a will they have a small section in uh, in Houston or whatever for for the uh, for the Seminole fans? Uh, they 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 may they, they may, may. That, that'll, they that, may. That, that'll be a big beef. Uh, Merry Christmas! Anything special going on for the holidays with you and your family? I, I, we do, but I can't say it right now. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. That's so, cool. But, Excited uh, for you. Uh, and then uh, we, we've enjoyed having you as a part of our team this year. We'll catch up again maybe after the new year. So oh, we'll see how Coach uh, Coach Nichols and his fan hear about this this uh, this surprise that you have in store for Christmas. But uh, if, we'll see if your prediction's right. All right. I predict another one. What? Pirates are going to be a part of the playoff picture next year. Ooh. People like hearing that. The positive. Put it down. The positive news from Jason Nichols here today. Jason, thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks to Brian Bailey and Mike Mullis, who are also here. The walk-ons, Caden Norman and Drew Dotter, were in the studio. Holton Aylers joined us in the first hour as well. Remember, his podcast will debut in January. Also remember, John Gilbert, ECU Athletic Director, will be here Wednesday at 3 o'clock. And hopefully, Chandler and Clip will be feeling better and will be back here Tuesday at 3 o'clock. If not, we'll have a great host for you and a lot of great guests. Thanks to the big dog and Shirley Rhodes for keeping us on the air and on social media today. And until we greet you next time, let's throw it to the voice. Take it home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.